From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you for waking up early in the morning. We are live from the Linwood Country Club. The scene is the 15th annual Hurley in the Morning Charity Golf Open. I am, as we have done for 15 consecutive years, let me just put a little more juice in my headset and see if that uh, will make me sound even prettier. Yeah, I like that. I like that better. Uh, Ariel is here, our producer, uh, a, a fabulous good luck charm. She did a great job last year already between last night and into Hurley this morning, doing a wonderful job getting the broadcast going. And this is always a lot of fun. It's uh, the sun is just up. It is a beautiful day. Uh, I guess it doesn't matter. I thought that there was something about the third Friday in June. Thought that that was that was the magic because for 14 consecutive years, the third Friday in June was just rock solid, even when weather forecast said it couldn't happen. Well, something happened last year. The Linwood Country Club, which we fell in like with and had such a great experience last year they started something that's going to be going on i hope forever uh with the doherty family in this iteration of the linwood country club they have a member day which is the third friday in june and we were not able to do our tournament which we've done for 14 consecutive years on the third friday in june so the decision was an easy one we made it um without even hesitation uh, they they want us, we want them. And so I said, let's do the fourth Friday in June. What's it matter? I mean, the way the calendar goes, this is the 24th of June. We've had ours as late as the 21st or so of of June for the third Friday. So what's the difference? We'll, we'll go to the fourth Friday. Well, if this would have been the third Friday last week, I wouldn't be here uh, because I was um, inflicted with that dreaded beast known as COVID-19. I would have missed my first ever early in the morning charity golf open. That would have been sad. Uh, the team would have done a great job and it would have happened. And the event would have been held on a day that was 93 degrees. I can tell you that when the golfers tee off, there will be zero chance of rain. It will be between 70 and 71 degrees. And Jim Fraser, you being a, a scratch golfer, that's that's beautiful room temperature weather. It is. Let's correct the scratch golf. I used to be a scratch golfer, but now I'm, uh, I'm uh, not quite that good. But uh, but yes, it's a beautiful, beautiful weather to play. Ariel, would you are you going to switch up on that or? Scratch off real loud too. We're going to move that. We're moving Jim's mic. These are just some of the things that that take place. It's it's live radio, live from the Linwood Country Club. As the morning progresses, it gets very exciting. We have community leaders. We have elected officials. One by one, we'll be presenting them. It's going to be a great morning here. Uh, Jack Cittarelli, who I believe there's no politics on a day like today, but I do believe that he will be the next governor of the state of New Jersey. He will be playing today in the tournament. There's just a lot of wonderful people. Jim, let's roll back the Wayback Machine. Let's say it's a little over, I guess, around 15 and a half years ago and we are at the fraser family maze landing golf and country club with a kitchen cabinet 
of like five or more members of the New Jersey legislature, a who's who committee talking up the idea of starting a early in the morning golf open. Share some thoughts. Well, yes, it was a very uh, interesting group. It was a uh, politically connected group, commercially connected. Uh, and we uh, sat around. And Which one is Jim's level, Ariel? I, I'm not hearing Jim good in my headset. Okay, go ahead, Jim. I hope he's projecting. I, I don't hear him through my headset, Ariel. So we'll um, we'll we'll work this out. We'll 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 get it going. For right now, here's what I'm going to do. I'm a, I'm a trained broadcasting specialist, so we're going to share my mic until we resolve the uh, host mic. Ariel, come on in. Come on in. Just work out this host mic while we're live. No, no one's going to get hurt. It's just live radio. Uh, pot five, no go. Pot four, no go. I'll share my, my microphone with Jim until you work that out and do some tests. I want to be able to hear you in my headset and we'll, we'll work this out. Um, so Jim, share some thoughts. Treat it like you're just starting. Well, yeah. So you called me and said, I, I want to do a golf tournament. And of course, my first, uh, uh, inclination was say, well, Harry, you know, this is, uh, this is, it's hard to get one off the ground. Uh, don't have, Big expectations of raising a ton of money the first year. Uh, you had a great committee, uh, a lot of a lot of uh, the, the politicians and and different uh, uh, men and women from the area who who were uh, who could do a lot, lot of work, a lot of good work. But even with that, I wanted you to be cautious. I didn't want you to be disappointed if we uh, if we uh, didn't raise quite as much. As you, as you would like to raise, you said, how, how, how much can we raise? And, uh, I said, well, listen, if you raise five grand the first year, you should be congratulated. And you looked at me like, I'm not, I tip more than five grand. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not raising 5,000. So I just laughed and then we were off and running. We did. We raised 37,000, uh, the first year and look at us now over 1.1 million in the 15 year history. So do me a favor and test that. Test that, Jim. Test that, Mike. Testing one, two, three. Testing go. one, two, three. There you go. There you go. Thank you very much. Ariel did. Everything was tested. This is just the nature of live radio. It's how it works the second you go live. Everything was tested and everything is fine and everything is as it should be. Jim, I often do this and it's in all the collateral that we do. And if I show you right now uh, this 15th annual brochure, you always see that we never take this out. It reads special thanks to Jim and Doug Fraser for your unconditional partnership and friendship during the first eight years of our annual charity event. We love doing the work. We love writing the grants and all of that. But one of the beautiful things about this, and you know me, I'm not transactional. Right. I'm not an order taker. I'm a relationship builder. We built a brotherhood. We did. And it's continued for all these years. And they were magical years. And everything about, um, you know, how you, you, certain things you just don't want to change. I was happy that you were able to retire and, 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 and all of that. But it was, it was as big a part for me coming out to your place every year as anything else about it. Oh, that's because that's of the relationship. That's very nice. And, and we felt the exact same way as the tournament got, 
got moving, but if I could just regress a little bit of how you and I came to be friends. Yes. I have a second, second to tell that story. This is, uh, this is before the tournament, and uh, it was Christmas time, and there was a horrific accident on the Black Horse Pike. Uh, someone drove down the Black Horse Pike, ran off the pike, ran into a, a home, and killed two parents, leaving, I think, three children alone. They were, they were uh, of Hispanic descent and relatively new to the country. They had no family here. They had nothing, these kids. It was a horrible Christmas story. You led the charge along with uh, my sometimes nemesis, Sonny McCullough, the mayor of Egg Harbor Township, to raise money to get these kids back to Puerto Rico. So I'm listening to the story, and it was it, it, it really bothered me, and which as it, as it did bother a lot of uh, a lot of citizens of South Jersey. Anyway, through the call of the, of the mayor and yourself, we raised we raised a lot, the community raised a lot of money. Uh, I came over to your office. I didn't even know you. I just came over to your office and dropped off a check. A day or so later, I'm in my office. I get a call from Harry Hurley, you know, and uh, uh, you said to me. He called me through my phone. He said, I don't know if you take my call because we weren't on, the, we weren't, certainly weren't enemies, but we didn't really travel in the same circles. And I said, I, I remember what I said, Harry, I'd be afraid to take a call from you, <laughs> not to, to not take a call from you. That started our relationship. That really, that was really how it started. And, uh, it's been, a, you know, the whole, my whole, you know, my whole family, we know yours. It's been a really wonderful relationship. And what I love about this event is how many different organizations benefit yes and you have the trust of the community no one ever questions they might ask you hey can you give this group of 200 or whatever but no one really questions where the money goes because we know it goes to the right place you know what i'm so proud of and jim can see the uh the exhibit it doesn't show well on radio because radio is the theater of the mind but jim knows this anybody that's a guest on the program they get a document from me, and it will show what time they're coming on the show, who's coming on before them, who's coming on after, because I just want everyone to know. Uh, I just think it's good to know, you know, what was happening before you came on the air, what's going to be happening after you go on the air. And then at the very end, and it takes up, my goodness, I think like five pages now, and this is only a partial listing. Jim, as I turn the page over the past 15 years, this is the list of all the charities, just some of the charities, and this is in size 14, uh, New Times Roman font. So it takes about four or five pages just to list the folks that have received grants. And, it, and you raise a very good point. We do spread it around. I mean, hospitals, Reed's Organic Farm, Atlantic Prevention Resources, Atlantic County Toys for Kids, if we go through the list, Dean Randazzo Cancer Foundation, churches, the Elliott Hero Campaign for Designated Drivers, Big Brothers and Big Sisters, the Atlantic City Pal, who we're giving a grant today. Uh, Lieutenant Will will be here, who runs the Atlantic City Pal. We're going to present a $1,000 grant to the Pal. We've designated them, and it was a really great idea of Margie. We've designated them for the um, proceeds from the Mulligans. And the Mulligans usually do about half the tournament buys a mulligan, so that will be in the range of six, seven hundred dollars. We're going to round it up to a thousand, and that's the type of grant that can really make a difference. As you know, we have donated substantial five figures 
uh, to Stockton University. Uh, we continue to do that. We write scholarships for broadcasting students uh, in, uh, in New Jersey, mostly Stockton students, but some throughout the state. And it goes on and it goes on and it goes on so that anybody that sponsors a whole or is a player in the tournament or just makes a, a, a grant to the, uh, to the charity, writes a, a contribution to us, that's where it goes. It goes back to the community. As you know, uh, no one takes a salary. Uh, it, everything that we possibly can drive to grant writing is the foundation of our effort. Yeah, and that's, as I said, that's what uh, drew me to the event, and uh, uh, I was way wrong uh, in, in the world of golf. I was happy. I was happy. You're not usually wrong, but I was happy <laughs> because if we had done all that work for 5000 I think I would have <laughs> cried because we can do that in one hour on the show. I had seen so much of that, and, of course, I didn't know you, you, know, know you that well at the time. And, and uh, you do. You hear people talk. Yeah, yeah. And uh, – we had this great, we had a tremendous meeting. It was a wonderful meeting. I believe it was the last meeting. We, we never had to meet again. <laughs> never had a meeting after that. But, but of course, but we said, met all said, the time. Well, you and I and yeah. our staff and stuff. But I'm talking about all the yeah. High, yeah. all the high-end politicians, yeah. everybody, who have, who have all been great. Yeah. But they said, well, Harry will do it. We'll, you know, we'll put our name to it, but Harry will get it done. There's no, no question. Uh, so here we are, and it's 15 years later. Now, time is, is very... Um, tricky sometimes it seems like it goes by like that and then sometimes time seems to drag on it's it's a little hard for me to process that this is our 15th annual charity golf open jim yes time has uh time has flown i was just thinking i was 59 years old at the time <laughs> now i'm a lot older <laughs> you look the same and i don't know about that you age but, well uh, it's uh you know it's it's been a it's been a fun i know that our staff at may's landing who were terrific i mean they really we tried we did our best for everybody but this was a little special this is a vet we really you know everybody just got into the got into the fun of it and uh for them and and for all of us it was a who's who of south jersey and the music and, it was great energy yeah, great great energy good good way to yeah put it, yeah so uh and I'll tell you what we always loved, and, and yeah. I think you'll agree with this, the Doherty family doesn't disappoint either, no, but no. the food, our golfers and people that would be patrons to the event that we would invite to breakfast and to lunch would always say one of the most memorable things, you, you might think it's, hey, the, the radio show's there and, and, and all these senators and assemblymen and senators, you know, all these mayors and all this, freeholders, now commissioners, they're all here, and all that who's who nerve center stuff. One of the things I heard most often during the eight Mays Landing Golf and Country Club early in the morning charity golf open years was the incredible food. I got to give credit to uh, your your good friend Doug. He's uh, he was a food and beverage guy and really good. Of course, we had a staff. We had, you know we had, you, you remember God rest his soul Rick very oh, very well. Chef Rick, Chef Rick actually died in the kitchen, and then we had Rich take care, took care of after him. It was is also excellent. So we. Uh, it's, By the way, that was no small feat. Taking over for Chef Rick, who was adored. Yeah, he was. He, people just, I loved him and everybody loved him. Chef Rich had a tough job coming in and he delivered. He delivered, yes, he did. He's a very, very good. It's one thing to be a chef, but then you also have to be a manager. And uh, both of those guys, uh, both of those guys were, were very good, were very, very good at their job. Uh, my last vision 
of Chef Rick, who is beloved, beloved by everybody. My last vision of him is taking a gourmet goat order on a cell phone and sweeping the floor. Yeah. That's what that that was, Chef Rick. I'll never forget. I I will forget whether it was a Saturday or a Sunday morning, but I was out in my backyard and you called me. I know it was the weekend because I know that we we were not doing the show that day. I don't remember if it was a Saturday or Sunday now. And you told me the news, and I, I just couldn't even process it. No. Happened very, very, very quickly. And very what a sad, hard worker. Sad, sad day. So we did a, uh, we just, we did a luncheon, I guess, uh, and I, I guess you would call it a week. We had a luncheon, and everybody, we invited everybody, we, you know, he, he deserved it. And uh, the Fraser Room would hold standing up. Without seating, we'd hold five, six hundred people, and they were out the door. We had to broadcast. Uh, we had to broadcast out uh, outside. It was uh, quite a tribute to. He was beloved. He no was doubt, a beloved guy. No doubt. Quick reset. We're at twenty-three minutes past the hour. It's Harry Hurley in the morning. This is an annual tradition. Fifteen years in the making. Ariel is here, my executive producer. So you know I'm in good hands. And thank you for all your great work. Appreciate you so much. Uh, our team, President Mike Rubel, our content director, Joe Kelly, uh, program director, Chris Coleman, Jennifer Doughton-Smith, our wonderful marketing director, uh, all instrumental in uh, making it possible for us to take the program on the road because there's a lot to it. You don't just show up and plug and play. There's a lot to it. And Ariel was here last night doing what she does, testing and everything like that. And our team, I want to thank our team. Our committee is absolutely amazing and they shine on event day like you just can't imagine. And if you stop out here today, you are talking about some of the most spectacular views that you will ever see of the Atlantic City skyline. You actually forget where you are. It's just nestled beautifully. The sprawling uh, facilities here, the course is in amazing shape. I mentioned uh, a little bit ago, for the golfers that are getting ready, you could not have ordered up better weather. You'll have a whisper of a breeze, 0% chance of precipitation, which is amazing. For the 15th consecutive year, we, we will not have a drop of rain. Uh, you'll have um, low humidity, uh, maybe at times a couple to five mile an hour uh, wind, just enough to cool you down. But you'll be playing in basically room temperature conditions jim i'm not a golfer as you know you are a great golfer a day like today where there'll be about maybe 50 percent cover so the sun will be there about half the time it won't be there about half the time uh and we're talking about 72 degrees at 9 a.m shotgun start a couple hours into the round towards the end of the round 75 ish to maybe no hotter than 76, 77 at the absolute highest at around 2 o'clock when they'll be finished and coming in for lunch. Uh, how does this weather stack up for a golfer? Perfectly. Uh, as I look at, and it is a little early, but checking the, uh, the weather, the wind is finally going to die down. It's been a really windy spring, and uh, which makes, you know, makes the day a little bit harder, but it's going to be a perfect day for golf. I just had a little bit of cloud cover, not real bright sun. Maybe, I'm sure around 10 o'clock, a uh, breeze out of the southeast will come, will we'll show up. A, but never more than like five miles. It'll be a breeze. It'll yeah. be beautiful. And uh, it's a wonderful, wonderful summer day. I pose this question to you for 15 years because look at me, a, a non-golfer. 
that shows the sport of golf. Some call it the game of golf. I don't know if I think golf is a sport, but it's called a game, isn't it? Yes. I think it's a sport, though. Yeah, no. I mean, you look at the physical conditioning yeah. of the players yeah. and the, the repeatable, the way they're able to repeat uh, what they do. I mean, it's to me, it's a sport. It's not a game, but that's that's just being picky. Uh, but I've always asked you, what is it about golf that really works well with charity endeavors? Well, uh, it's a good question, and, and it, it does. I mean, uh, uh Golfers, no matter what level, can play together because of the handicap system, which is, believe it or not, fairly complicated. And they keep tweaking it, and it's it's gotten uh, even better over the years. So uh, you can't take a A-class tennis player and have him play with a pure amateur tennis player unless, unless they were just bopping the ball, you know, not, not really even playing. But in golf, you can really compete. Let's right, because you would get like no strokes because you're scratch. I'd get about forty, so I could play you. Absolutely, and it happens all the time, every day. That's that's how that's the amateur game. Uh, uh, I'm not a scratch, Harry. So let's get that out of the way. Well, my, my friends will. My friends will. What listen. year did you shoot your age? Uh, I've shot my age every year since I was seventy. So okay, I shoot my age, but that's not scratch. Well, so. <laughs> but. Uh, I'm about Pretty close. I'm a, I'm a five or six, but anyway. Uh, What's the lowest you were? Scratch. That's what, yeah. So I, I'm correct. I, it's not that I have to be right. I just I I when it comes to you, I I want to be right on that point. I, I, I you were that. a scratch golfer. This is the last known photo of the great chef Rick. Oh, that's Don P. Hurley just sent it to the program. I love technology, Ariel. This was a beautiful man that got the most incredible joy out of making people a meal and watching how breaking bread brings people together and makes people happy. And he would always come over and say, do you like the food I prepared for you? And then when you told him how much you did, it makes me emotional. When you told him how much you did, it just made him, that was like his paycheck. And that's something right there. Yeah, he, he, that's a great picture. That is uh, Chef Rick with a grill filled with beautiful steaks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I got you there, didn't I, Jim? Yeah, I did. I did. Yeah. He's hard. To, he's a tough guy. <laughs> it's hard. I wish this was on TV. Uh, you should see. We got him. Good Good work, Don Hurley. We got him. We got him good. Uh, we'll be breaking in just a few minutes, and we'll be right back live from the Linwood Country Club with much more uh, Hurley in the Morning live coverage. And what we do is we break format completely. We visit. It really, we love the first hour with Jim. It really is just a, an, an incredible opportunity for us to catch up and to talk about this event. And then as the morning goes on, it builds and it builds and it builds uh, to when all the golfers will be arriving in the 8 o'clock hour is breakfast and registration. Golfers usually get here sometimes a little before 8 o'clock. And then it gets very busy as the show goes on. So stay with us. You're going to hear from a lot of friends, a lot of generous people, uh, live from the Linwood Country Club. It's the 15th annual Early in the Morning Charity Golf Open. We'll be right back. Stay with us on WPG Talk Radio, 95.5 South Jersey's number one talk station.
This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. With South Jersey information you need to know, I'm Vin Avenue. The clock is ticking on a strike deadline for Atlantic City's casino workers. Union members have authorized a strike for the 4th of July weekend if new contracts are not in place by then. Gas prices have dropped another penny a gallon for regular, now at four ninety four a gallon on average. And efforts continue to develop a new COVID booster shot that offers expanded protection against many different types of variants. Get more South Jersey information right now on our app. Your forecast is next. From the Townsport, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. A fantastic forecast. As we barrel toward the first weekend of summer, the only issue today, a moderate risk of rip currents continuing along the Jersey Shore. Weather-wise, look for mostly to partly sunny skies and nice warm summery temperatures today. High of 80. It'll be cooler at the beaches. Clearing quiet tonight, low 66. Tomorrow, sunny, dry, and very warm. Inland high 87. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. It's early in the morning, anytime, anywhere, on the WPG Talk Radio app. Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We are back. It's 32 minutes past the hour, and this one is my headset, correct? I want to just have a little more juice in there. Perfect. Yeah. Or is this one? This one is my headset. This one. This is my headset? Mm-hmm. There we go. Yeah. We're back. 32 minutes past the hour, Hurley in the Morning, live from the Linwood Country Club. It's the 15th mm-hmm. annual Hurley in the Morning Charity Golf Open. All right, let's get a little controversial on a day that really has no controversy whatsoever. This is this is Switzerland. I mean, this is peace. This is the United Nations. This is all nations coming together and and kumbaya and, and loving one another and all the things that we we um, we love so much. But there is controversy in the game of golf, maybe like never before, because when you are the, the big man on campus, the the behemoth, the the monopoly, and all of a sudden out of nowhere, some upstart comes along. Uh, and I've heard the comparisons when you had, you know, two leagues in the in the NFL and, you know, how all that went. But this live uh, league that Greg Norman is the president and the CEO of uh, to, to I guess, to understate the case, the PGA uh, is none too happy about this. No, this is, uh, as you say, this is the biggest uh issue that's come up in, in the professional golf world. Could we call ni- it the biggest threat? Threat since 1968-69 when the tour, uh, the PGA Tour split from the PGA of America, keeping the PGA uh, title. And that was, my dad was involved in that. But this is... Former quite, president. Former president of PGA. This is quite a bit different. And uh, it's fascinating. And it goes on and on every day. There's something new uh, let me let me stipulate something, Jim, for you to be able to respond to. Uh, I've given this a lot of thought, and Jim and I have had just a couple of minutes uh, over the past several weeks. And we knew, we said we're going to address this on, on Hurley Charity Tournament Day. 
but so we didn't it's a Johnny Carson rule. We don't do the show before we do the show. We we just it's right. organic and we don't know what is going to come up next until we do it. It's I like it that way and and I think it's better radio. So nothing scripted here. And I didn't bring this up to you the the first time we talked about this. But professional golfers are independent contractors. They're not employees of the PGA. Correct. So I say right there that means they can play where they want to play. You would think, and that's where the lawsuit's going to come into uh, come into play. Uh, what Monahan, to Monahan, the, the uh, executive director of the PGA, is saying: you don't play in our tournaments, and you play in a conflicting tournament, you're out of the PGA. But didn't he show weakness though, because they were supposed to all be suspended, but they all played in the major? Let, let me explain that to you. Okay. They had already qualified for that major. It was almost it would have been almost impossible for them to have not played this year. Okay, so you're saying they yeah. had enough points, they qualified, exactly. and if you have a tour exemption, yes. then so so how do you overcome that for the major winners? Uh, Phil Mickelson, it, we could have the same conversation next year. He he already qualified. That's exactly right. That's and that's where the that's where. I, I, I believe the PGA is going to have to give give in on this. Now, right now, this week, this Live Golf uh, 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 organization, organization, whatever, are applying to get points for their tournaments for to qualify for the majors. But they're going to they're going to hoof them, though, right? I would say they're going to lose, <laughs> and then there's going to be a lawsuit. So it's going to be fascinating to see. Uh, what, now what, let what let's happens. go over something here because I'm I'm all for. Um, you know, proper arguments and people that take exception to Saudi Arabia and right. everything from Khashoggi to mm. how women are treated to all these different things. I'm very persuadable by that. Mm. However, they're not holy when they make these arguments because the PGA is all involved. Of course. With Saudi Arabia. Of course. And they're all involved with China and all these of, different things. Of course. So there's no human rights uh, high ground that they're standing on. That is a canard, in my opinion. Uh, what do you say about that? I, I say that you're right. And, and wouldn't you, the other way to look at it, there's two ways I, I'm looking at it now. Uh, the Maybe this will make things better in Saudi Arabia. Maybe shining the light on some of their human abuses, human rights abuses will shine the light. I think that's what the players are hoping. Maybe they're being naive. Of course, they're getting a couple hundred million to, yeah. to say that. So that, that money talks, of course. Uh, but as you say, we do all kinds of business with Saudi Arabia. The women's tour, the women's LPGA, which is, which is largely or, or quite a bit funded by the, by the PGA tour is sponsored by Aramco, the biggest oil company in the world, which is Saudi Arabia. So the, so the, the hypocrisy there is a little, you know, it's a little hard to take. Now, you know, I'm getting with my friends and family, there's a lot of different opinions. And I thought this was an take. You would think that the, that the Saudis were doing this with the idea of eventually making money. The, some people say, well, they're just throwing money at it and they don't, they're not, they're, there's no, there's no profit motive. If that were true, as you well know, Harry, I'm not in favor of government interfering with private enterprise. So we're going to have to wait and see on that because you can't just keep on throwing money at something just to beat the other organization. So we'll see what happens with that. But right now they are throwing, I mean, it's, it's incredible. Tiger. Here's what I'm thinking. They have the money. I mean, there's so much money that they have. Right. 
and I believe that they'll be successful. They're also doing things that will also give stomach pain to the PGA. They're going to have events at Trump properties. Oh, yeah. Uh, we don't get political, especially on uh, early charity day, but that's completely unfair what the PGA did uh, with, with, you know, moving things. Mm -hmm. Uh, there's just no, there's no fairness behind that. There's no justification. It's it's woke. It's it's completely, um, you know, uh, capitulation to 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 the mob, and and it's terrible. So these events are going to be happening. That will put further pressure on the PGA. Knowing the economies of scale, I don't know how this is not going to work. I just see that it 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 will succeed. Well, isn't it, it, it's it's fascinating to me that. Yesterday, the PGA decided to come up with an extra $54 million for their tournaments. There's a little bit of irony there. Uh, Competition is a good thing. <laughs> yes, of course. Because do we agree if the Live League or Live organization uh, did not come about, you wouldn't have made that announcement of $54 million more? Oh, it just wouldn't have happened. And the PGA Tour has been a closed shop, and they're sitting on a billion dollars. And uh, so, you know, I... I, I I wish Norman were not the face of it because he's a he's a, he's a tough character. But uh, you, I think you saw the Fox News interview as I did. I thought he, he handled himself he very made, well. Made, made, he made he made a good case. So uh, it's 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 fascinating to see a lot of different opinions. But I think people are coming around saying, you know, these guys are as you said, they're independent contractors. They can go play. You know, if you don't make the cut at a PGA Tour event, you get no money. Yeah. You're still paying your hotel and your food and everything. Not that they don't do well, uh, but uh, there's there's a lot of great players in this country, in this world, that are they'll, they'll create more stars for sure. Jim, in terms of going forward, when they got Phil Mickelson, I think we'll just agree that was huge. Yes, because you have a major, you know, popular. Mm -hmm tournament champion major champion multiple major champion you know caliber player and popular and very popular they get dustin johnson now he's been number one in the world he's a huge name it's not like phil mickelson but it's very helpful mm -hmm. and they didn't get tiger woods and he no. was offered like a billion dollars yes he was I, at one level i say wow well, first of all he doesn't need it no but that's it's amazing that he turned that down and when i first processed that news it made me think like wow he he is being totally loyal to the pga i thought it made him look good it did make him look good but he also has a, he were also worth a billion dollars yeah i mean you can you can afford to look yeah. good when you have a yeah. billion dollars asking McElroy, and i'm not criticizing him i'll i'll, I'll take them at the now mcelroy has been very critical of this right very critical yeah very critical. he's been like this almost like the unofficial spokesperson yeah. for the pga tour uh kepka just went that was a big find that, that was, was big a big get. yeah so it's uh it's interesting for the fan to watch and uh uh now, what's going to happen, though? They want to have a tournament, let's say. Mm -hmm. So they maybe they pick, who knows, Doral's Attorney of Spa, and the right. Doral Country Club, and, and they want to have a tournament there. But if you've got this uh, scarlet letter that's about to be tattooed onto your or, or carved into your forehead, mm -hmm. uh, are they going to have a hard time attracting a field? Not a field. They can get, they're getting a field now because, our, as I said, there's... But, but uh, let me revise yeah. and extend. 
not getting a field because you could fill it, yes. but getting a high-quality, respectable field. Well, I think they're getting high-quality, respectable fields now. Uh, it's building up more than, more, than you, more than you think. Every day, some other people, Kevin Na, who's not a name player, he just went. So they're, they're getting good fields. They're getting good fields, not great fields. No, they're not going to get McElroy, and they're not going to get uh, some of the other top players right now. But Do you think this could be the kind on, of thing? Let me flip the script yeah. here. And I remember, actually, this very, very vividly. And if Marci Antonio is listening, the president of Resorts Casino Hotel, when Steve Lawrence played Atlantic City, mm-hmm. he got blackballed for the rest of his career, and Las Vegas would not book him. The rest of his career, could some of these players wind up getting skunked? Well, as you know, they've been thrown out of the PGA. They, as a, once they play in an event that, that, that coincides with a PGA event, uh, they're off the tour. They've been wow. thrown off the tour. Officially thrown off the tour, like getting a letter, you're off the tour. Is that is that? I I don't want to use the term constitutional, but no, well, but the, the lawsuit's coming. The lawsuit, the lawsuits are coming. Trust me. How do you how do you banish an independent contractor from making a living? Isn't this a little much? I would say so, but you know the courts are you know you get yourself in the legal system, you never know what's going to happen. But that I think the I think the live tour is is banking on that. They're 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 going to be prepared to go to court. I'll tell you how I look at this. When I first heard it, I was like, you know, PGA, you know, tour card pulling out. And I was like, oh, this is terrible. Then I started thinking that competition is a good thing. Of course. Like I said, PGA Tour just added $54 million to their their tournaments. So uh, it's... it's, uh, This honey and stick approach of, on one hand, sweetening the pot Mm -hmm. and showing the PGA players you know stay with us don't go to this upstart thing we're going to take care of business here is one thing but they have a two sort of bridled approach the other approach is heavy-handed as heck very heavy-handed. i mean look into you know these this banishment is lifetime or you'd have to reapply for reinstatement if you say, hey, look, yeah. the error's on my way. I'm so sorry. I, I, I quit the live tour now. Can you let me back? Would they have to reapply? Probably and requalify. And get their tour card all over yeah, again? Probably, yeah. That's so how that's would this go for a Phil Mickelson who I think some of these things you win, you get 10 years. Mm-hmm. Some of them I think it's lifetime, right? Isn't there a major that if you won one? Uh, uh, well, masters, masters, it's yeah, life, lifetime. So how the, how how can they take that back? Well, if you're just if you're just specifically talking about the masters, the masters masters is an invitational. Even if you qualify by by your wins and all that sort of thing, the masters is able to. I'm sorry, we really don't want you this year. We don't have to tell you why. They're just that big a tournament. They they've been pretty good about that. But uh, they could do that. They could say, I, I know you qualified. I know well, you as you know, that, that event survived um, one of the most uh, onerous um, gotcha moments in history mm-hmm. where they, they, the crowd tried to cancel the Masters. Yes, yeah, so, I don't know if you remember the, the woman, uh, her name was Maria Burke. Yeah. She tried to hold a, uh, hold a uh, uh, protest at the Masters. It went nowhere. Uh, and the people at the Masters have been pretty smart. They now, they now uh, uh, do allow women. I think the first woman they put in was Condoleezza Rice. Yeah. So I kind of shut that up. They do this, and and you know, so 
in, in, in another way, you know, they, they've all evolved. I mean, they have this great National Women's Amateur Tournament right before the Masters at Augusta. They do this uh, drive, chip, and putt at the Masters at Augusta. So, Are you surprised uh, that they got away with their exclusivity as long as they did? It's pretty amazing when you think about the modern society that we live in. You know, Harry, I, I, we, we, we're, we're, this is going to be a show someday because we've talked about this a little bit. Uh, I don't like any kind of discrimination. No. I never did. And for whatever it's worth, our family never discriminated against anybody. Uh, we, there are there have been a couple of clubs that did. But but uh, there is a there is a constitutional, I'm not sure which bylaw it is, that, that we do have free association as well. So in other words... You can go play tennis with whoever you want. You can go to play tennis with whoever you want. You can have whoever you want into your home. So there is still that constitutional law that, uh, that, uh, you know, you can still associate with whom you want. So it's going to be fascinating to see. So I guess what I'm saying is there's a place for private clubs. If you want, if, if you want to play, uh, join a place that's all people that, uh, like the army. You should be entitled to do that. It's, it's really that simple. So, But all these things are being questioned now. All these things are being questioned. Yeah, and there's certain things that just can't stay the way no, that they not. used to be. And it's and it's better. we're better for it. Interesting. Got a little bit of uh, mood music yeah. that decided to play. I think they're going to they're gonna take care of it. Our, our great team is on it here. Fascinating conversation. Yes. In your estimation, do you think the live golf, league or organization whatever it is called does it make it in your estimation in my estimation it certainly makes it for the next two or three years and then we'll see we'll see how all these lawsuits play out uh i'm gonna say yes because you just too there's too much room there's too many great players and there's too much money there's too much money around on the table exactly i mean it, it, we love america but there's golf all over the world now so i say yes it does make it the interesting thing is these players do travel the world and they play in invitational yes. events. I remember Tiger and others yes. going to Dubai and yes. these different, yes. you know, very exotic things. Why is this such a threat? It's a threat. Because it's so organized? Yes, it's organized and it's... And it's, it's direct competition. It's direct com- on the same weeks that were that the PGA Tour is having ter- uh, tournaments. Right now, a player has to play in 15 tournaments to, to keep his card. That's going to be tough to do. So Liv is going to actually, by design, on purpose, they're going to hold their events on the same days. They're not looking to join in and, and provide more opportunity. They're going head-to-head with the PGA. Actually, if you heard Norman the other night, they would like to compromise. I think they would love. love I think that would be government. smart. Of course, it would be smart. Because you, you, you know, that would that then it would be more golf. Because yeah. if, if look, if everybody picked this day yeah. to have their charity golf tournament, that's tough. Yes. So like we all look around and they say, all right, well Harry is the fourth uh, Friday, so I'll avoid that. And he used yeah. to be the third. Yeah. Well, now that's open. You know, I just think that's smart. If if you if you scheduled an event on the day, say of any PGA tournament, but say a major tournament, for example, uh, then I think you're just looking for trouble. Yeah, and that's why I think most people, as, as as with politics, most people are somewhere in the middle. Let's compromise. Let's let we they both can be great, and I think there's room for that. And that's what Norm is asking for. But the battle. Of the how how right would now. you how would you do that? Um, because once the tour season starts, 
it's pretty much every every weekend, right? Or is there enough yeah. of the calendar available there, there, that they could schedule around it? Yes, and there's and there's the premier events, and then there's the secondary events. For example, the premier events would be obviously the majors. No one, I don't think anybody wants to mess with the majors. Be we, all, we all love them, whether you're a golfer because or all not. their players will want to be there. Of course, anyhow, and, that, and, that, and that's what gives you your name for the rest of your life. Uh, you have the premier events like the Memorial, which is Jack Nugent's. You have Jack Nugent, Jack, Jack Nicholas. You have the uh, premier event like. Arnold By the Palmer. way, Jack Nicholas turned down a very handsome deal with Liv. He did, but uh, as long as you bring that up, I will tell you that he put his stamp of approval on the league in a, in a written statement. Actually makes him even more credible. Yeah, he did. Exactly. Turned down the money. He said, but I do, I do believe, I believe in what you're trying to do. I understand what you're trying to do. Uh, so, yes, I think there's a lot of room for compromise. Do you think the PGA would try to change the... Um, professional relationship with the golfers i'm not saying uh create a union or Mm -hmm. create employees Mm -hmm. i don't know exactly what i mean Mm -hmm. but just for general discussion purposes they're independent contractors right now which i think gives them great latitude to do exactly what they're doing right now and i believe that a neutral arbitrator at some point a a magistrate a judge would Mm -hmm. would say pga you you, these are independent contractors Mm -hmm. you don't own them they're not. This is not indentured right, servitude. Exactly. So you lose. I I don't mm-hmm. see the PGA winning once this gets to to a, you know a, a, a fair mm-hmm. you know playing field uh, before a judge. But do you think the PGA would try to say, hey guys, we don't want you. We want exclusivity. What would it take to have an exclusive relationship where you wouldn't want to be a part of any other organization? Uh, is that something that could be done? Of course, more money. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, as I said, if you and that could be that when you, because even the best players don't make the cut from time to time, that would maybe mean that whenever you play in one of our events, you get paid. You get paid, and you get expenses, and you get your insurance and all that sort of. Yes, I think that that's another possibility. I would look happen. to do something like that. Then yeah. you really can yeah. have a shot at squeezing out yeah. the competition by making the relationship improved better than and it was that has been talked about and i think it might head that way just by the fact that they just threw it under 54 million dollars at the tour i mean that's a lot of money 54 million dollars if you're a pga golfer right now I, and I i know some of them aren't commenting and they're being very strategic they're being very smart about it but you got to love this because disruption at this level you know like when elon musk comes in and says i'm buying twitter you know he was a, a disruptor at that point uh and some people liked it some people loved it and of course some people hated it because he actually said hey i just want to level the playing field and let everybody have a fair go at it here on the social media platform and and not stifle certain opinions uh and things like that so this competition i would think the players even ones that aren't jumping because you know how some people are some people are very strategic and they don't go in the first wave because if this if this just dies, mm-hmm. fails, you, you don't have to experience that bloodshed in your own world. So you know how there's waves to this. Sure. So you have the pioneers right now that I have to say, even though these are wealthy people, I think they are risking uh, quite a bit with what they're doing. Uh, they're risking uh, maybe reputation-wise. and Maybe they get somehow they're not allowed to play in the major major events yeah. going forward. Uh 
But they're getting so much money that I just, I just figure that it doesn't matter. If that, it doesn't matter. And they're I'm still just, playing golf that they, they love. Golf. So, you know, the the, the rank and we don't, what we don't know is, and I haven't seen anything where the rank and file player, uh, for example, Kepka's brother, who's never made it on the tour, he joined that 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 secondary player who are all very good. Well, I don't know what they're getting. I mean, they I do know they they get one hundred twenty five grand. For finishing the tournament. So that's not bad. Well, that's not a bad week. No. Yeah. And a lot of them, though, have guaranteed money they've been promised. Yeah, and we don't know what all those. Some yeah. maybe got $3 million, Some maybe got $1 million. I, I would know. think unless you're a small situation, it would take big numbers to take the risk. And the big names have been offered big money. Big, enough, big numbers. I big. forget Phil's number, but it wasn't it was, a billion like Tiger. It was but it 200, was, 200 million. It was big. And Jack million. was offered 100 million. Yeah. It's a lot of money. I'll tell you what, I didn't know the second part of that. I have even more respect for the Golden Bear. To turn that down and come out in favor of it is as principled as you yeah. will ever get. Yeah. By the way, I have to say, and let me just quickly do a, a quick reset. We're live at the Limwood Country Club. We've broken format today as we do on the fourth Friday in June. We're at the 15th annual Hurley in the Morning Charity Golf Tournament. We're going to be joined by Vince Kane at the um, top of the next hour. He is the medical center director for the Wilmington, Delaware uh, VA, which includes now Southern New Jersey. So he's a great friend. He's become a great friend of mine, and we're going to actually meet for the first time right here in our remote studio at the Linwood Country Club. We're off the uh, patio deck. We're indoors, but we're just adjacent. Some double doors away from where our golfers will be having a wonderful breakfast and this beautiful uh, site of the uh, Atlantic City skyline that's right here at the Linwood Country Club. It's, it's so beautiful. We thank Frank Doherty, the entire Doherty family, Chelsea and the entire team uh, here that have been so great. Jeff Bonnecke, who I know Jim knows, Devin Peterson, PGA professional. Uh, this is a world-class organization, and that is at the golf level and also at the food and beverage level. So for our golfers that are getting ready to make your way very, very soon to Linwood Country Club, it's beautiful. Uh, we can't wait to see you. The um, the arrangements are all made for you, and you're going to have a great day of golf, and you're going to have perfect room temperature weather. So, Jim, we'll put the Live uh, and the PGA on hold for just a little bit yeah. and share with our listeners, you know the format of our tournament, the scramble format. Talk a little bit about the experience of playing in a charity golf tournament like this. Well, it's the only way I can describe it is fun because it's uh, it's not the real pressurized golf of having to play your own ball and count all your strokes. And a lot of people can can hit a lot of good shots, but they're not consistent because they don't play. Maybe but when you hit a good shot, you say, we're going to use that shot. Of course. And the team uses it. Yes, and it's very exciting for someone that is maybe not a great golfer that has their shot. And, and yeah. I have seen, I've played, I don't know, hundreds and seldom does not someone contribute, whether it could be a putt, yep. or it could be a chip shot, or it could be a longest drive, someone catches one. So scrambles are a lot of fun, and it can bring a lot of people into the game. And uh, it's been around for many, many years. And I think people Whoever enjoy. invented the scramble format of four players, it is genius. Yeah. Because everything you said, I sign on to. Yeah. It, it makes everybody... Uh, feel good, and if you hit a terrible tee shot, I mean, look, it probably happens, but out of four tee shots, typically there's one you can use. 
Yes. It's very hard yes. for all four to go, you know, crazy. It happens, I'm sure. Yes. So you really have a great shot, a chance, I should say, yeah. of playing a, a, a decent shot. That's why the scores are usually pretty good. You, you seldom have, uh, have really, really high scores. I mean, when I say high, way, way over par. Uh, I think the winners here are usually, what, nine under? Well, if you look here, um, we had four teams last year finish at 59. Yeah, that's good. It, it yeah. went to an incredible, complicated, uh, tie-breaking, mm -hmm. multiple tie-breaking uh, methods mm -hmm. of going to a certain hole and seeing how the, 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 the four different foursomes did. So, I mean, that's that's mm -hmm. a... Mm -hmm. That's a heck of an accomplishment right yeah. there. I also want to let everybody know that we have a, and I haven't said this publicly yet, we always tell you that we have a longest drive hole. We also have a closest to the pin, and we also have a hole-in-one. The hole-in-one will be the sixth hole, and it will be the first golfer. Oh, we've come close, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't had one yet, but the first golfer... And don't be Fred Cerny, who was the second golfer at a tournament, to hit a hole-in-one. He didn't He didn't get the car because it's the first golfer to hit a hole-in-one on the sixth hole will win a car sponsored by Charles and Anne-Marie Kane. The longest drive will be the ninth hole sponsored by Michael Merlino, Atlantic Accounting Associates. And closest at the pin will be the tenth hole sponsored by Michael Merlino, Atlantic County Associates. And we're doubling the prize money to 200 hours for each of those Beautiful. it's gonna be fun Beautiful. jim the music says we have to go okay. uh, this is a, a great tradition that i cherish thank you for being my brother and thanks for all your support and thank you harry i enjoy it look forward to it every year i'll probably come back later on and check out the scores and uh, have a great day. you got it vince kane is going to join us next gg atlantic city wenjhd3 millville a town square media station everything you need to know in six minutes starts now from Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you very much. Welcome back. It's six minutes past the hour, and it is my pleasure to welcome to our Hurley in the Morning remote studio uh, a good friend, and we've gotten to know each other uh, since his appointment, uh, and he's just done a great job as the medical center director for the Wilmington, Delaware VA, which includes the southernmost portion of the state, meaning our region, and Vince Kane has done great work with his team in our area. And Vince, all the times we have spoken together, this is the this first time that we've met. To say hello face to face. It's good to see you. Uh, it's great to see you. And thank you for having me uh, at this beautiful event. Uh, and uh, what a great setting for it. Uh, looks like those uh, playing today uh, in the scramble should have a phenomenal time. We're also very honored. And it's been a same time next year appointment. I, I've lost track. I, I believe they've been a part of it maybe for the, the whole 15 years of the existence of this annual charity. But we have a wonderful Wounded Warriors foursome that we bless with the gift of playing in our tournament at no cost to them. And it's one of your great employees, Patrick Carney, that leads the foursome. Well, and I'd, I'd like to give a shout-out to uh, Patrick, uh, not only for 
you know, his service, but what he continues to do. And, and it was really neat. And Patrick's a pretty humble person. Um, but I, I want everybody to know most recently at the uh, American uh, Legion uh, uh, State Convention in Wildwood, uh, Patrick was recognized uh, for his outstanding service, not only in outreach, but some of the work that uh, he's doing uh, with other members of our team in the community around suicide prevention. So Patrick was recognized as the, the best of the best in providing care uh, and outreach to veterans uh, throughout South Jersey. So uh, very deserving, very committed individual who is one of those people that just quietly gets the job done day in and day out. And it's so nice to see the community and the veteran community recognize Patrick for his his passion. It's not a it's not a job for Patrick. It's a way of life. It's so so important what you just said, and I I, I could not agree more. Vince, for those who don't know, explain what you and your team what you do for veterans. So my, my job um, as the d director for the Wilmington VA um, is to ensure that we provide exceptional health care uh, to our veterans uh, uh, throughout our catchment area. And I'm responsible for uh, over 35,000 veterans that reside either in Delaware or in southern New Jersey. And so my role is to try to ensure that uh, they have uh, timely access uh, to high-quality health care. Um, but, but more than that, that we help our veterans uh, improve their well-being, their way of life, uh, and that we connect them to other resources. Uh, you know, one of the things I often talk about uh, beyond just the immediate health care that we offer uh, in our clinics here in South Jersey uh, is the work that we do in the community, uh, the work that Patrick does in reconnecting veterans, uh, not only to VA, but to other services, other resources, uh, employment opportunities. Uh, some of the great work that's going on right now, uh, again, with the American Legion, looking at uh, uh, issues of at-risk uh, veterans for homeless and how do we not only connect them to uh, health care, but how do we get them into stable housing and keep them in stable housing? Sort of noting these are the men and women that, that took time out of their lives, that raised their right hand to serve us. And, and so we need to find ways to uh, ensure that uh, we welcome them home, uh, we give them the resources they need to truly be home, uh, and that we offer them exceptional health care. Uh, so my job is to ensure that we have a team in place, particularly here in South Jersey, where, uh, you know, we've not had a medical center in the VA uh, for forever. And, uh, you know, so how do we make sure that we connect our veterans to care here in South Jersey? Um, and if we can't do it, how do we work with the community to make sure the veterans get that care in a timely and in a high-quality way. We are visiting with Vince Kane. He's the medical center director for the Wilmington, Delaware VA. And uh, the work that you do is so critically important. And I've chronicled a lot on the Hurley in the Morning program, many uh, positive changes that have been made in our portion of the state for many, many years. And no one was ever hypercritical or ugly about it or anything. But there was just always a belief that the southernmost portion of our state, uh, I don't want to say, you know, stepchildren or just something just seemed like we weren't a priority. It's tough, tough stuff to say, but it isn't that way anymore. And of course, and I know we're going to get into it, uh, there are some incredible new facilities. The, the investment in infrastructure and the investment in the human resource, I, I, I will defend that. 
to the mat because it's it has it's it's at a level that we've never seen before and i know how grateful our community is for this vince and i want to have you talk about that a little bit yeah and i in the first thing i would say is that um it's it has made substantial progress but it's not at a level that i think our veterans and and we in VA want. Um, I'm always looking at, uh, you know, what can we do better? Uh, yes, we've opened a brand new facility in um, in Cape May uh, County, uh, right there in Rio Grande. Um, you know, the facilities in Vineland, uh, Cumberland County are relatively new. Uh, we have plans. Uh, the, the, we've moved forward with uh, authorizing a, a new clinic right here in Northfield. Yeah. Um, um, but but it has to go beyond the buildings, right? Uh, we have to make sure the services are there. I mean, one of the things that I've been focused on um, since my arrival is um, the care has to be closer to where the veteran calls home. And and I think the community and the veteran's voice from the beginning as I arrived sort of spoke to what you're, you alluded to, which is the care wasn't there. The services weren't here. Um, veterans had to travel. And, and I think our position has been um, the VA should be the one traveling. We need to move off to the campuses and move into the community, move into the veteran home so that they can truly get that exceptional care. So that's something we've pushed. Uh, we've had challenges. Um, you know, healthcare, particularly in COVID, uh, has been extremely problematic. Um, uh, we've lost providers, uh, not just VA, but uh, healthcare as a totality. Um, and how do we address that? How do we make sure that the quality of service, that access to, to high quality care isn't compromised as we fight our way through this pandemic and start to look at what does healthcare now need to, to be in a post-COVID era? Vince, uh, what, what's your response to, and I don't know why this is, but I do know that it is, that there are veterans that either don't understand the incredible benefits that are waiting for them uh, that somehow fall through the cracks. And we could get into a lot of different reasons why. I mean, we know that the 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 uh, suicide rate and, and all kinds of, you know, very, very challenging circumstances that exist in our veterans community. There are so many extraordinary benefits waiting for those who served. And in some cases, they either avoid them or don't know that they're available. Totally true. Um, a huge challenge. I mean, some of that has to be um, and is related to and, and, and you hear this particularly with our older veterans is that they, they never wanted to come to VA um, because they thought that they would be taking a spot for somebody that needed that care more than they did and that they could get their care out in the community. So I think that was a factor. I, I think another factor has been it's not always been easy to get that information. Do you we, also agree that there's been so much improvement with respect to timely delivery yes. of service? I mean, I can tell you because I've I've covered the horror stories of actual letters that arrive when the, the veteran has died. And it's like, hey, we, your appointment is on this date. And the person's gone. And their family has to endure the pain of that letter that they want to punch that letter right in the, you know, between the eyes, uh, because the, the backlog, it was, I mean, I'll just say it, it was disgraceful. I, no questions. I, you know, access was an issue. Uh, and, and, you know, even as we look at COVID, there are still challenges, uh, as we're coming out of it. Uh, 
both inside and outside of the VA, especially for specialty care. Um, so, but, but again, I think it starts with listening to the veterans, learning what's missing, what's important to them. And then my job is to find a way to get those services to them. And what I, what I also think is so powerful is there is, and your leadership, and I'm not saying this to be gratuitous, your leadership has been extraordinary and you always credit your team. And that's what a good leader does. Your team has been extraordinary. Patrick, Jackie, yeah. everybody involved. Good morning. Good to see you. Good morning. Good Talk morning. to you in a little bit. Look forward to it, Jeff. Um, that's the uh, profession, the uh, director of golf here at Linwood Country Club, Jeff Bonnecke. Uh The the point I'm trying to make is you're doing better than ever before in providing veterans with service that's convenient to them. It used to be a very uncomfortable bus ride. Typically, if you were coming from the southern portion of the state with not even a restroom, they would stop at places like Wawa's, and it was just embarrassing to be honest. Uh, a lot of that has been fixed. And in many cases, unless you have to go to Delaware, and for, and as you know, for PTSD and certain things, going to Delaware is important. I mean, there, there are times you need to go there, but there are many times where that veteran could stay right here in their own backyard, make it a home game, not some two hour plus trip or whatever it is to and from. And there have been a lot of improvements like that too, Vince. Yeah, I, and and again, I think for me that's that's the point. How do we get the services closer to where the veteran calls home? You know, to your point earlier about some of the misunderstandings and why people don't access resources. I think we have to find a way to hit the easy button. It's not easy to navigate uh, bureaucracies, and and how do you combine VBA, VHA, um, veteran service organizations, and and make it simple for the veterans to access it? So. Some some of the changes that we've made is we're, we're putting uh, specialists in the clinic. We've, uh, we've put people like Patrick and Jackie mm-hmm. uh, in the community, uh, at meetings, uh, at events, uh, to talk about how, how VA has changed, how the perception of VA um, is, is outdated, that, that we have a very strong, yeah. committed staff that, that believes in putting veterans first and, and offers exceptional care. I mean, the providers, the team at Northfield, Cape May, Cumberland, second to none. Yeah. Second it, to none. And people don't know that. See if you agree or disagree with this. Um, I feel pretty comfortable saying it. When you're talking to veterans and you make promises to veterans, uh, they don't ask for anything. Some of the most humble people that I've ever had the privilege to work with and are so grateful uh, you know, when you show support and, and show kindness, if you tell a veteran that they're going to have certain coverage, you have to deliver it because if you don't, you will lose that person. Very true. Nothing, nothing will um, erode confidence uh, than not following through, um, not being true to your word and, and not being honest. I, I mean, I think you have to be straight. Because you might have somebody doubting yeah. to begin with coming in like, all right, I'll, I'm, I'm right. going to be open minded. I'm going to give this a chance. You know, it's let me down before, but I'm going to give this a chance. And then if you let them down, then it just it solidifies their impression, their instinct that this was fake and and that it, it wasn't it just wasn't real. Yeah, just another empty promise. I mean, and again, I think that's why and veterans have a great network and 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 veterans are very uh, intelligent um, and and straightforward individuals, and they can sniff out when somebody's not being true and yep. honest. Um, and and again, if they feel that if they feel that their care 
isn't being delivered in a respectful way or if it's not state-of-the-art, they're going to tell other veterans and you're going to lose them. 19 that- minutes past the hour, Vince Kane is the medical center director for the Wilmington, Delaware VA. And I I'll always remember to remember th- to say that this territory comes right here into southernmost southern New Jersey. Now, we're broadcasting in Atlanta County, so we'll be a little parochial here. There is a major investment in Atlanta County for veterans Talk about what's going to be happening, what's happening right now. So um, we've authorized and approved uh, an expansion of our Northfield Clinic. And in fact, the intent is to have a brand new building, um, twice the size of the existing clinic, um, uh, to offer more care closer to where the veterans call home. So we've awarded that contract. We're working with a developer now uh, with the intent of trying to get shovels into the ground uh, some challenges are uh, what we're seeing across the country in COVID. Uh, it's really impacted the, the building industry. Uh, it's cost. Caused, caused concerns. The construction costs, the supply costs are through the roof. Um, so we're now trying to sit down with our contracting team, with a developer who is committed to veterans, to look at how do we move this project I mean, this forward. is this is no small number. Yeah. I mean, new construction costs are up something like 30, 40 percent. Absolutely. So if you have a number, and I remember that that was a, uh, a seven-figure investment yes. uh, at, at a different economy of scale, that's got to be out of sight right now. Yeah, so again... And by the way, is that... I don't want to cause trouble here today. <laughs> it, it's, it's not my intent. No. But is, is that going to be... Are we going to be okay? Well, we're sitting down. I mean, I think where we are is everybody is committed to making this happen. Um, We had a developer who, uh, you know, clearly stated his intentions. He's committed uh, to the veteran community. He's engendered himself to the veteran community. Um, He's working with us to look at these issues, but he's trying to figure out, you know, how does he move forward with these escalating costs? Uh, So the good news is everybody's around the table trying to get to yes. Um, but there's some challenges that have to be addressed that are impacting the startup. And, and when so you get doing that, when you get past the cost aspect, then you're in the supply chain yes. conundrum, yes. which yes. is unbelievable. I, I did a recent uh, article for WPGTalkRadio.com, and it's also on the WPG Talk Radio app about Stockton University. I mean, they're they're going through all the same things that you are. They have plans. They're in the next phase of the Atlantic City campus. And all of a sudden, things are 30 and 40 percent more expensive and in some cases even more. And then a lot of the things you used to be able to get reasonably. Now you've got to order this stuff six, 12 months out in front just to have it when you need it. Absolutely. And we've got projects even outside of our our planned expansion in Northfield that have been impacted uh, by supply chain issues. It's something affecting healthcare right now. Uh, you know, some medication issues are there, uh, supplies, uh, equipment issues, uh, again, not only affecting VA, but all of healthcare. So these are things uh, that we're learning to work through as we get into a post-COVID world. Um, and that's why I think the partnerships are so critical. That's why the communication is so critical. Uh, that's why the teamwork uh, between VA and community is essential to make sure our veterans get what they need and deserve. 23 minutes past the hour with Vince Kane. I am early in the morning. We've taken the program on the road. Uh, we've busted the format uh, as we do on the fourth Friday uh, in June. We are at the Linwood Country Club. It is absolutely spectacular. It's about 68 degrees right now. By the time the golfers 
tee off at 9 o'clock. We'll have 124 golfers, 31 foursomes. We'll have two foursomes at each of the par fours and the par fives. And as a Hurley in the Morning charity rule, it is hard and fast. It's non-negotiable. Uh, we could do it, but we choose not to do it. We do not put a second foursome on any of the five par threes. And our experience with that is that it makes for a much more pleasant round. And the backup is not uh, nearly to what you would have with 144 golfers out on the course. And, and one of the things we want it, we want it to be fun. We don't want you to be waiting to then wait and wait some more. And after you wait some more, wait some more after that to take each shot. Uh, so we limit the number of players um, because we want you to have uh, maximum expectation and enjoyment. And we know that our golfers are making their way right now to the Linwood Country Club. We can't wait to see you and looking forward to today's 15th annual charity event. It's kind of amazing that the game of golf works so well in terms of raising funds for the Hurley in the Morning charity. As you know, we do this tournament every June. And the first week in October, the first Friday in October, we do a really blowout charity dinner. Uh, honey, this is for you. Updated. Thank you. That's the lovely Margie Hurley in the house. Hello, Margie. There she is. Um, our team is amazing. They do such a great job. And it's just, we love to do it. And we love the smiling faces. And one of my favorite things every year is minutes before 9 o'clock. And all the golf carts are in, in formation. And everybody, two people in each golf cart, 124 golfers, ready to go. And it's just, it's such a joy. But the game of golf and then breaking bread together beforehand, you'll see them pretty soon, Vince, with uh, breakfast. And please enjoy breakfast with us as our guest. Uh, it's just great. And and keep in mind, uh, we write grants oh. to veterans. Yeah. I, I, it's part know, of what we do. I, I can't thank you guys enough. Uh, the commitment to the community, and today is just a great example. Everybody coming together having an enjoyable time, but the benefits of what you're doing today will be long-lasting into our community and into our veteran community, uh, helping our veterans that are most deserving of, of, of the supports uh, so that they can truly be home. It's, it's just a great opportunity. And here's Patrick now walking down uh, uh, to say good morning. So uh, now good it's, to see it's you, Patrick. awesome. It's, uh, you're looking good, my man. And it's great. Have fun today. To have a great everybody. round. Everybody here. They're, they're, they're very competitive every year. Uh, I, 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 I'm not I, kidding you. I, 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 they're in the thick of it every single year. I, I've, I've heard he's pretty much a scratch oh golfer. God. So, uh. Now, Patrick, I know you can hit the ball very, very far. I do want to incentivize you that longest drive and closest to the pin, we've, it's, it's like crazy, uh, crazy eddies around here. We're doubling the prize. Oh boy. So good luck. Good luck. You're usually right in the thick of that. Make us proud. <laughs> in the uh, four minutes or so that we have left in our interview, and then we're going to be joined by Jeff Bonnegy, the um, director of golf here at the Linwood Country Club. Then we'll be joined by Senator Michael Testa and a whole cavalcade of great friends and community leaders and elected leaders that during the 8 o'clock hour, just one after the other. Then usually about 10 of 9, I go out onto the course and just have a great time welcoming the golfers uh, remotely. So we'll be doing all that as the morning progresses. Then we have uh, Lieutenant Will from the Atlantic City Police Department, the Atlantic City Police Athletic League. They do great work. We're going to uh, present them with a four-figure grant that we're 
very, very happy to um, to uh, step up and participate with them. And we'll interview a whole lot of nice people during the 9 o'clock hour as well as we continue. Let's do closing comments. We've got about uh, two, three minutes. Uh, what, what do we need yes. to know that you haven't been able to share yeah, yet? So, well, again, I, and I just hope everybody has a great day today. And I can't thank you enough for having me and for oh, yeah. doing this and for all the great work uh, you and your team do in our communities day in and day out. I, I think my message is that, uh, you know, we're full speed ahead. Uh, there may be challenges, there may be speed bumps, but our commitment to getting more services in South Jersey is unchanged. Um, I know there's things out there about the uh, Airs Commission and what's going to happen to the Wilmington VA, the Philadelphia VA. Uh, nothing changes for us at the moment. We're, we're committed. We're moving forward uh, with enhancements to do our suicide prevention. We're partnering with the Atlantic County Sheriff's Office. We're partnering with Warren University. Our push is to get more care into South Jersey. That's, that's number one for us. The other is it's not just the face-to-face -face care. Um, but we're also looking to expand our virtual care. And I want to make a point is that something new for VA uh, and new in Vision 4 is a tele-urgent uh, uh, capability. So I want to put this number out there, 833-TELE-URGENT. Uh, so it's 833-835-3874. Any veteran can call that between the hours of 8 and 12 from their home and get connected to a 20 provider. Seconds that has that information, has access to their record, and can make sure they're getting care in their home. Telemedicine has changed the whole game. Yes. Yes. What was once there was an aversion to now has been fully embraced. Yes. We did an incredible interview with Dr. John McGee. I hope he's listening right now. Uh, telemedicine is here to stay. Even in the throes of a pandemic, something phenomenal came out of this yes. that changes the whole game. And it's not an, it's not an either or, it's an and both. Yeah. It's face-to-face -face and virtual to get the care our veterans need and deserve. Vince, to you and your team, thank you for thank all you, you do. For doing this, You're welcome. We're honored to do it. When we come back, in just a moment, Jeff Bonnecke, who is the director of golf operations here at the Linwood Country Club in our Hurley in the Morning remote studio. It's hard to believe, but it is the 15th annual Hurley in the Morning Charity Golf Open live from the Linwood Country Club. We'll be back in just a few minutes. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. With South Jersey information you need to know, I'm Vin Avenue. The clock is ticking on a strike deadline for Atlantic City's casino workers. Union members have authorized a strike for the 4th of July weekend if new contracts are not in place by then. Gas prices have dropped another penny a gallon for regular, now at $4.94 a gallon on average. And efforts continue to develop a new COVID booster shot that offers expanded protection against many different types of variants. Get more South Jersey information right now on our app. Your forecast is next. From the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. The forecast for today and the weekend checks all the boxes. Warm but not too hot, humid but not too steamy, beautiful bright skies, and not a drop of rain until Monday. Mostly to partly sunny skies today, high of 80. The beaches will be the cool spot in the 70s. Clear, quiet tonight, low 66. Tomorrow, sunny, dry, and very warm. Inland high 87, 88 on Sunday. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Sean Hannity, this afternoon at 3. Now, early in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5.
We are back. It is 33 minutes past the hour, early in the morning, live from the Limwood Country Club. And it is my esteemed pleasure because you talk about your team. And when you're doing something with all the moving parts of a scramble tournament featuring 31 foursomes and what we love to do here, and it, it just has worked out very well for our event, we could just turn it into a parking lot and we could have 144 golfers and we could throw the whole you know 10 card monty at this thing and instead of having 31 foursomes we we could just clog up the par threes the five par threes here at the beautiful linwood country club we don't do that so we're going to be in the neighborhood of about uh one foursome is a threesome now uh we've given jeff the update uh because of covid19 a husband and a wife uh, the husband is being uh, a replacement player has been picked. The other uh, foursome is going to go with the threesome, the, uh, the Absecon Presbyterian Church, who are just wonderful every year here at the Hurley in the Morning Charity Open uh, because a husband and wife both contracted this dreaded beast that is, um, they say, less virulent, but certainly more uh, contagious. Uh, so in any event, um, we choose 31 foursomes and not 36 foursomes, and we believe that it serves our event beautifully well to make the experience more pleasant. Jeff Bonnecke is the Director of Golf Operations here at the Linwood Country Club. Jeff, as always, thank you for your partnership. Good morning, Harry. Thank you for making it such a pleasure for our team to come here and, and be your guests, and we love being here with you. All those accolades, my gosh, my face is beat red. I'm glad there's no cameras on me. But, yeah, we, we certainly uh, appreciate what you do and your charity and uh, and your efforts. And um, you are right, as your description of looking out the double-door window over the skyline of Atlantic City. Oh. What, what a better morning. You can't have a better morning for this event. What I'm so happy about, I want to thank you and your entire team for taking the third Friday in June out of play because – had we had it on the third Friday, I wouldn't have been able to be here, uh, the COVID-19 beast, and it would have been 93 degrees. Today, our golfers are going to tee off, and it's going to be about 70 to 71 degrees. By about 10 o'clock, it'll be 72. An hour or so after that, it'll be about 75. What a perfect late June date and if you look at the advanced well, welcome. weather I, I i thank you yes <laughs> i i stand uh thanked and welcomed uh it's just amazing because this could easily be a very hot day oh for sure yeah last friday uh father's day weekend my gosh it was such a, a hit in the face yeah you know, we've had Early spring, the wind was just nonstop. And, you know, we had a couple of good days that we could enjoy on the golf course or whatever we did in our yards and celebrated weekends. But my gosh, th that day just hit us right in the face. And it was, it was, I remember guest weekend as well. And I'll tell you what, the number of cold towels that we supplied for comfort. And then the next day, we're all wearing sweaters in the morning. It was, it's crazy. And by the way, all you golfers that are making your way, to the Linwood, Linwood Country Club, in your bag, your um, swag bag, is one of those cold towels. I will tell you, the cold towel saved me at the Atlantic City Air Show last summer when I am out there from literally 6 in the morning until very, very late in the afternoon. Let me tell you the technique. You don't have to soak it wet, soaked, you know, solid. Get it wet, put it in some maybe ice water, and the, the twirling effect 
you twirl that. I will teach you if you come by the remote broadcast studio. I will give you a lesson in the twirl. I'm very good at it. And you put it around your neck, and it's amazing what that does, Jeff. Your demonstration just now looked like you had a, a, a long strand of spaghetti, and you were it's trying you to it. play jump rope. With it's it. how you do it. The agitation. Yes, <laughs> and then you put it around your neck, and you got to do that often, and it reconstitutes. It's like uh, sea monkeys. I mean, <laughs> you just add water. It's just amazing how it works. Now let's do a quick um, bit of housekeeping for our golfers. You will have two hole in one opportunities today. On the sixth hole, you will have an opportunity to win a thousand dollars. You will have a second opportunity, and this one you'll have to pay at registration, and I hope you will. You will have an opportunity to win $5,000, and that is the $1,000 hole-in-one is sponsored by Charles and Amory Kane. That comes with your price of admission. The That's the sixth hole. Uh, Jeff, if you would do the honors, what hole do you want to do the $5,000 hole-in-one? The ninth is the longest drive. The tenth is the closest to the pin. Uh, sixth is the thousand dollar. What hole do you want to be the uh, five thousand? Number sixteen. Done. So ordered by the director. Sixteenth hole. Done. S- sponsored by Sport Clips Haircuts. Thank you, Mayor Vaughn Real. Thank you, Margie Real, who are both playing in our event today, which I'm very excited about. Uh, so you have an opportunity. We've also, Mr. Director, we have doubled the prize for the longest drive. It's a two hundred hour prize. We have doubled the prize. For the closest to the pin, it's a 200 prize. That's added pressure. Yes. So, everybody, you have three opportunities for your already price of admission. And then just dig down. I think it's $10. Just dig down uh, and buy the 16th hole opportunity. Why not? We had great participation last year. And actually, a Sport Clip staff member managed it and did such an incredible job uh, with that. And, And, of course, that allows us... If you participate on that, if 100 people do that, I mean, we will have another amazing grant that the Hurley in the Morning Charity will be able to write. We want to thank you, Jeff. We want to thank Chelsea, your entire team, the Doherty family, of course, Devin, PGA professional here at the Linwood Country Club for, for making this such a great home for us. You know, we for 14 years, as you know, we were on the third Friday in June. Correct. And we knew. We knew up right. front. This was no surprise. You know, Jeff, the, the team, nobody surprised us. We knew that the Linwood Country Club was starting a very major member event that was going to be showcased on the third Friday. And the, the club was just not available to our tournament. It was not even a second's thought. Moving it to the fourth Friday versus leaving the Linwood Country Club there was no decision to be made. So we're very honored to be here on the fourth Friday going like forward. I said, we're happy to have you. You do uh, wonderful things uh, for ch- for the charities. And, um, you know, we're, we're pleased. We're, we're happy to present the golf course. It's in fantastic shape. Like I said, combined with the weather, I mean, it's a, it's a major topic. The golfers today are going to have a great experience. No doubt about it. Uh, tell us a few minutes that we have. We've got about three, four, four minutes. Uh, let's talk about the Linwood Country Club. Let's talk about memberships. Let's talk about coming out here to enjoy the food and beverage experience. I mean, this is a, uh, a full, well-rounded experience here. It is from uh, your first step onto the property to your last step on the property. You know, you're, you're coming here. The, the Doherty's, uh, their name goes, it's with, without question, the, the uh, expertise in the in the F and B side, you know, we just stands for quality all the way. Never questioned, never questioned. You know, we our social side, the golf course, the private, the golf course is private. 
but our restaurant, our social activities, the entertainment, uh, all open to the public. Uh, we do have uh, a DJ on Thursday nights at our Fox Den. That's a great addition to that totality of experience from playing golf and having a time to a time of reflection afterwards overlooking the skyline it is and beautiful. our 11th hole it, it is a, a great venue um the golf course listen uh, I, I can't i cannot stop saying great things about it it's in wonderful condition our growth uh we put a new we put in uh, installed a new irrigation system so where we plan to be in the next few years i mean today next year we're going to be an awesome, awesome golf course. You know, you, you membership. Know, so, you know, leading into that piece, you know, the product draws your membership. And we've, uh, COVID was such a, a huge impact for golf, for outdoor activity. Who positive knew? impact. Absolutely. Positive across the board. Who knew where, what was happening? Yeah. You know, back then in 2020, you're still trying to just, you know, survive and be creative. And by no fault of anything other than that great what did you call it? The, the beast. Be the beast. The beast. You know, we benefited from the beast. Yeah. It is hard to predict. If you said that a hundred year type pandemic event was going to take place and who would get crushed, who would benefit? Of course, restaurants when they were forced to close, restaurants when they had six feet. It, you, you know, you need a certain number of tables in order to to meet your rent, to meet your mortgage, to meet your cost of food. And, of course, the supply chain and everything was broken and getting Survival crazy. Survival was difficult. Right. But the game of golf, and I say it's a sport, but because you look at what goes into this, I mean, repeatable <laughs> type talent to me is just really, it's, it's impressive to see this. Um, but golf has thrived during this. It most certainly has. Which really. is awesome. One more shop question. Uh, and I didn't deal with this in, until two of our players uh, reached out to me very late uh, before today, or I would have talked to you before th about this, Jeff. Is there a senior tee, or is everybody playing from the same tees? You're, it, you're, you're our director, so you make the call. There is a senior tee. So we, we'll have uh, men play from the white tees. Uh, ladies will play... <clears throat> Excuse me. Ladies will play from the gold tees, and our, our senior men who are 65 and older can play from the silver tee. So, Mickey Persiano, you're going to be very happy, my Loaded friend. Loaded question. Because he wanted that bad. Uh, so there you have it. And and I know Jeff is going to tell all the golfers, um, I'm going to meet you. I'm going to be out, like I always do, about 10 minutes before 9. We'll get to say hello to all the golfers. I'll do a quick little welcome. Yep, and then you'll do your wonderful uh, presentation that you do to let everybody know the rules of today. And I just thank you for your partnership, my Looking friend. Looking forward to the day, Harry. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Jeff Bonnecke, my pleasure. Director of Golf Operations here at the fabulous Linwood Country Club, the official, the exclusive home of the Hurley in the Morning Charity Golf Open. And we just have had nothing but great experiences here in every every imaginable way. Joining us now in our remote studio is the distinguished gentleman, the senator from the 1st Legislative District, my very dear friend, Senator Michael Testa joins our Hurley in the Morning live remote broadcast on the occasion of the 15th annual Hurley in the Morning Charity Golf Open. Senator, no pressure, but this event is 15 years in the making, right here, right now. It's pretty impressive, especially considering you and your lovely bride have just recovered from COVID-19 and you don't look any worse for the wear, I have to tell you, Harry. Thank you. It's been a while since you and I have been in person together. And uh, the ageless one doesn't look like anything's affected or <laughs> whatsoever amazing. as she walks away, uh, embarrassed maybe, I don't think. But um, 
false humility doesn't suit any of us, does it? No. <laughs> good line. Good, good line. So you've been with us for a number of years now. Uh, we're very thankful for your partnership. You've been one of our most generous and important contributors, not only here at the annual Hurley in the Morning Charity Golf Open, but on the first Friday in October when we assemble at Resorts Casino Hotel for what has really become an absolute happening and that is our annual charity dinner it's 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 going over the top and I, I just feel so blessed I would say this is the alley and that's the oop yeah uh, you know that event you know it's hard to see everybody who's here at your golf tournament yeah. but at your charity event that's held at resorts really Almost anyone who is anyone in South Jersey and beyond, I mean, because, you, you know, your friends extend all over the place. We know that, especially because you've been filling in for Fox News and all of the people that um, you're associated with um, through talkers and, and things of that nature. It really is the place to to be to be seen. Uh, and it's, it's really an amazing event. And I have to tell you, those packages that you put together oh. are just absolutely incredible and if if you haven't been, for those who are listening, try to be there at least once. You will be thoroughly impressed. You know, last year you had Tony Orlando, I think, was your, your special Tom, guest. We had Tom Cantone, president of Mohegan Sun Corporate. We had Tony Orlando, Gianni Russo. I mean, it was it was amazing. And we haven't announced uh, the guest of honor keynote speaker, but it's going to be big. And we'll hopefully be able to do that in the next 30 days. We'll be able to announce the uh, the guest of honor keynote speaker. It is Friday, October 7th. So mark your calendars. And we expect another amazing night in the beautiful Ocean Ballroom at Resorts Casino Hotel. It's, it's incredible. The food is great. Mm. The service is great. The guests are great. And, and I'm happy you brought up the silent auction because because that silent auction is such a blowout amazing diverse silent auction we've eliminated the silent auction from our charity golf tournament it's not necessary we we just l loaded all into the dinner rather than have two we have one blowout it, it makes sense i mean you know i can tell you it's hard to get everyone seated i remember you know yeah. for the past few times i've been there it's hard to get everyone seated because everyone yeah. is looking at all of the silent auction packages. One of them I was the beneficiary of before I ran for office. Um, you know, gubernatorial candidate Jack Cittarelli won a package at Galloway National and he hadn't been there before. And he said, Hey, Michael, is this a good course? I said, you should bid on that. And then he won the force. It, and I it got really, to play with it's him. one of the only ways you have to know someone. I mean, it's one of the only ways you can get on the course. That's true. Yeah. You know, yeah, Mr. Hill is. Is pretty particular yeah. who he lets on his guests. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. But he's been very gracious. He's, yes. a, he's, a, he's a great individual. And the fact that he allows that package to be had by your charity event. I mean, and let's talk about what that. What I love about that is that's faith in knowing the crowd that we bring out. That's pretty amazing. Because as you say, they're very particular. And they should be. Sure they I should. Mean, that, that property yeah. is an exquisite property. Yeah. That I mean, it's not a hidden gem anymore, but it's an exclusive gem. Quick reset. Senator Michael Testa at 49 minutes past the hour. He'll be with us until the top of the hour. And then guest after guest will be with us uh, in the 8 o'clock hour. Our surrogate is going to open up with me. If you can hang out with me just for a couple minutes, Jim Curcio is here. Uh, Senator, you were about to say about the charity, I think. 
you know, I want everybody to put this into perspective that this is a great day to get together. There's no doubt about it. But it's for an amazing number of causes, not just one. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you could explain, Harry, and you may have already done that. I haven't been listening. I apologize. But I usually do on my way Thank down. You. But I was I actually was on the telephone <laughs> with my chief of staff. Understood. Um, just how much your events have raised for charity in those 15 years? Well, we've raised over $1.2 which is amazing. Uh, we have uh, written grants in the hundreds of individual grants to hundreds of different charities. We, I think we do an excellent job spreading it around to local hospitals, uh, wounded warriors, other veterans uh, events, the hero campaign, the Elliott hero campaign for designated drivers, schools, all kinds of things. Um, if there's a need, literacy programs, we, Atlantic City PAL, uh, the Atlantic City Boys and Girls Club. We could go on and on and on with the um, benefactors so that when people write a grant, you're a regular guest on the program, so you know that I prepare a document that has every guest that's appearing, and it takes about four or five pages just to list, and that's at just 14 New Times Roman font. So it's not like it's it's huge um, billboard print. This is normal size print, and it just goes on and on and on, hundreds of grants that we write and it's why we do what we do it really is an incredible pool of events that have to come together to make this happen and you know i want your listeners to understand that you know just as i'm a hands-on county chairman yes you're a hands-on organizer of, the, of this event i called you yesterday evening to see exactly what time you wanted me to appear here mm -hmm. And you were working here at Linwood Country Club, making sure everything was going to be set up so that this would be seamless this morning as it is every year. Well, like you do, you do the work and then you typically will get the result that you're looking for. If you don't do the work, it's a crapshoot and but we don't choose to leave things to chance. Not at all. And people think that it is easy because you make it look easy on the day of the event. But that's because all of the planning that went into it. Right? Yeah, our team is amazing. I do a lot before the event. The team brings it home, and they're, they're fantastic at registration and at every single aspect of the event. I do want to remind all of our golfers that are making their way right now to the Linwood Country Club, there are some fantastic opportunities. A $1,000 hole-in-one hole on the sixth hole, sponsored by Charles and Amory Kane. That comes with your price of admission. When you check in, pay the 10 bucks at the registration for a chance for $5,000 at the 16th hole. You got a shot. I mean, we've come very, very close uh, over the years to having a hole-in-one, inches actually, on a couple of occasions. And you're going to make it possible for us to write yet another grant by participating on the 16th hole, hole-in-one sponsored by Margie and Vaughn Real, the Sport Clips Haircuts hole-in-one. And we're absolutely thrilled to do this. We're doubling the prize for the longest drive on the ninth hole, sponsored by Michael Merlino, Atlantic Accounting Associates, and he's also sponsoring the tenth hole, which is closest to the pin. So those will be two hundred dollar prizes. Uh, so you have a lot of opportunities just in the course of today's charity round in our scramble format to have fun at hole six, at hole nine, ten, and sixteen. And you as a player, and you're a good one. Isn't it neat when you know, hey, we're coming up the, the, in a hole from now. We're coming up to a hole-in-one hole. It's fun to have that to look forward to. Oh, absolutely. And, and, he, and here's your uh, genetic twin, 
who, who just arrived. It's, it's, it's really incredible. He stole my nutrients for nine months, but I forgave him. You should. Yes. I mean, you should. Yes. I mean, what a great guy he is. It's, it's great to see Don P. Hurley. Um, he, he and I, you know, share a passion for music. Yes. And the, the other day, Don, it was really cool to... Uh, that's that's absolutely true. So, geez, music and pizza. When he talks carriage, you know, I get a little jittery. Uh, I, I, I fully understand. <laughs> yes. the, the other day, you know, uh, top five album of all time, uh, the Beach Boys, Pet Sounds. Yeah, yeah it was incredible. You, you know, that picture that you posted on Facebook was absolutely incredible. All right, so Senator Testa, music aficionado, music aficionado, break a tie here. Maybe there's not a tie to break because I think we had a, a point of agreement. The greatest acts to ever appear in Atlantic City. We say the three biggest notable acts of all time. We're going back 100 years maybe. Frank Sinatra, the Beatles, and Paul McCartney. Paul McCartney by himself on September 28th, 2002, was the greatest musical experience of my life. Added to it, I spent over 20 minutes almost alone. Myself and Mayor Langford, who made it possible... I'll never forget. He calls me. What are you doing? I said, what do you need me to do? He goes, come come be with me. We're, we're going to present Paul McCartney with the key to the city. We were in his dressing room until the second he walked out onto the stage. The most humble, beautiful man at that level that you could ever imagine. It was a out-of-body experience talking to him for 20 minutes and him just – engaging about his father his family growing up all kinds of stuff so we say that and i was initially beatles paul mccartney sinatra but my slightly younger and slightly less attractive identical twin brother said to me that he thinks sinatra is first place what do you say and do you agree with those three i i don't agree with those three okay so you gotta then you gotta back it up okay i'm going to back it up and, it, and, and it's personal to me. The Rolling Stones Steel Wheels Tour of 1989. Yeah. My father and his law partner had something to do with the contracting, I believe. Okay. Again, I, was, I wasn't really that concerned at 13 years old. I got to go to that concert and on stage with the Rolling Stones that night, Axl Rose from Guns N' Roses, Slash from Guns N' Roses, Eric Clapton... Mm -hmm. And Shannon Hoon from Blind Melon, who passed away far too young, all came out on stage and played what I would describe as a 12-inch version of Knocking on Heaven's Door. Okay. Yes. So I would agree with Sinatra, the Beatles. My third place would have to be the Rolling Stones, Steel Wheels Tour. And that particular night, the night before that, Don, as you know, Johnny Lee Hooker was there playing with the Rolling Stones. So I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say I, the Stones, this is a great debate and it will be a debate for the ages. I'm not a hater. I, I, I totally look at the catalog of work and they're huge. The, the Stones do not rival the Beatles. They just don't. That. I'm going to say that I'll go as far as saying one and maybe like one B. Spoken like a real Beatles fan. I got to say, I mean, I am. I'm a total Beatles fan. Now, does My father would agree with you. Does Sinatra 
because I initially said Beatles 64 at Boardwalk Hall, uh, which, by the way, it broke my heart a little bit. Paul McCartney did not remember being here in 1964. And, uh, you know, Does that surprise you. <laughs> it does, it, oh, only because I wanted it to be like, oh, my God, you know, they got taken in the fish, fish truck, the Barbera fish truck and hidden and all these different things that happened. But it just shows they, they go to so many places. It's now, tough. If he had played Steel Pier, he would have remembered. He might have remembered. And yeah. he did play Steel Pier on the ticket, yeah. but Steel Pier couldn't hold the crowd. So I Beatles initially. But Don convinced me Sinatra. Is Sinatra bigger than all of them? I, I would have to go with the Beatles on that. Okay. Um, and, and the reason is especially – But you go Stones over the Beatles, don't you? No, uh, no, just because the era, 1964, is when the Beatles played in Atlantic yeah. City. Is that yeah. correct? So how long after they were on the Ed Sullivan show did that occur? Not long. I mean that was part of the American tour. That was uh, right. uh, uh, like as, yeah, as hot as it could be. So, so that was the height of Beatlemania – in the United States of America. That, that was actually the Hammett family who lost out on Elvis, making sure that kind of stuff never happened to them again. So they didn't lose out on the Beatles. So I think Beatles, 30 seconds. Beatles have to be number one. Okay. Sinatra, too. And I would say Rolling Stones just because of my Well, we Sinatra don't have a disagreement then because I would put the Stones way up there. Okay. Uh, and and I, I'm starting to think, Don, that you, you're so powerful and persuasive. And I trust you so unconditionally. I think I'm flipping on you. I'm going Beatles ahead of Sinatra. But you still say Sinatra. Is Sinatra the greatest artist of the 20th century? Because if he is, then he's got to be number one. To me, no. Okay. So, Beatles, Stones, is Sinatra third? No, I think Sinatra's second. Second, before the Stones. Because the Stones in 1989 weren't at the height of their popularity. I'm with popularity. you. I'm with you. They weren't at the height of their popularity. The Beatles... That changed music forever. I mean, my, my favorite all-time band is probably Pink Floyd, I would have yeah. to say. But without the Beatles, there's no Pink Floyd. Without the Beatles, there's no Radiohead. Senator, have a great round. I love it. we got to further this conversation. I love it. It's halftime. City, WENJHD3, Millville, a town square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thanks very much. Welcome to the Hurley in the Morning program live from the Linwood Country Club. It's six minutes past the hour. Uh, thank you for a great first half. And it's uh, starting to get very interesting because this is the hour where things really uh, heat up because the 8 o'clock hour is both registration and it's also breakfast. So we are perched in this beautiful area that is just off of the outdoor veranda where everyone will be having breakfast. And so we have the opportunity basically to see everyone. You have to come by the remote broadcast studio to get to breakfast. I do want to take an opportunity to thank Charlie Falkenstein because for every Hurley in the Morning Charity Golf Open and also the Hurley Charity Dinner every year, he brings hundreds of soft pretzels. They're all contact safe. They're all in individual wrapped paper and cellophane. 
this, this is not like to quote Don Hurley when he, he posted something about two weeks ago that just certain things, Don could be a stand-up comedian. I'm not kidding you. But he posted one of the funniest things because of its simplicity. And, it, and for me, the best humor has to have truth in it. If it's just nonsense, it's not true, brilliant humor. So Don posts something, and he always has pictures because he's a great photographer, along the effect of, hey, I just got a paper straw wrapped in plastic. <laughs> so it used to be, it used to be, mission accomplished, he put, it used to be a plastic straw wrapped in paper. So it just, I mean, that to me was just, it wasn't political. It was just hilarious. And Somebody, I don't want to get into this today on, on Charity Golf Open Day, but somebody thought that that's normal. Isn't that hysterical, Jim? <laughs> yes. And Jim, are you on either, they don't call it Weight Watchers anymore. It's like WW or Nutrisystem. You're like in fight shape. Oh, thanks. How man. did you do this? Well, my uh, my boys are on me at home. They, you were never, coming a little closer to the mic, you were <laughs> never, you were never, you know, fat or anything like that, but... We haven't seen each other in probably what this might be the longest stretch that we haven't seen each other. Yeah, it's been a few months, but I've been uh, just trying to stay away from sugar and get some exercise. How many pounds? How many pounds have you lost? I've, I've, I've lost about 40 pounds. Wow. Yeah. Got you, the blood pressure down. Do you, do you feel I mean, this sounds like Captain Obvious, but not carrying that weight you must be lighter and, and less encumbered. I mean, it must be very dramatically noticeable. I feel a lot better. I've been running around, drinking a lot of water. Yeah. I feel good. I'm telling you right now, I mean, <laughs> I've got it right in front of me. Water was one of the great uh, epiphanies of my lifetime. I did away with soda. I will occasionally treat myself if we're on vacation, but you don't need it. The water is so important. You know, when you get into the um, metabolism and you get into the genetics, I mean, we're such a large portion of water weight to begin with. And being dehydrated can throw off everything. It can throw off all your electrolytes. It throws off. Really, it can chemically do very, very bad things. Staying hydrated is no joke. I don't know about you, Jim. I have at least usually two. I have two 16.9-ounce bottles of water by my bedstand all the time. Yeah, I think you're right. When it's I'm, important. When I'm going good, I drink a lot of water. Yeah, yeah. very important. And I, want to, I don't want to get descriptive, but if ever, you know, urination is really dark and yellow, that's not healthy. You want it to be clear. And, and so if you see that, that – and here's the thing about um, – just as an old – runner track and cross country i can tell you that the way the brain works by the time your brain tells you that you are thirsty you've already lost the battle you've mm -hmm. lost the game uh and you can try to catch up at that point but yes yeah, staying hydrated very important commissioner good, morning. good to see you thank you for being here as you always are commissioner john risley in the house and ladies and gentlemen part of the mcgee and because I am your train broadcasting specialist, I know this is Joe and not Mike. Joe, good to see you. Harry Hundred here. Yeah, Harry. Yeah, just kidding. Yeah, Margie was saying, I love it. 100% Harry. Uh, McGee Finnerin, foursome. Have a great day today. And there's Mike McGee, my former, my former tenant. Good to see you.
good to see you, Mike. Enjoy the enjoy the gaff. Uh, Mike lived with us one summer, and it was it's family. It was beautiful. Uh, in any event, our Atlanta County surrogate Jim Curcio is here, uh, forty pounds lighter than the last time I saw him, uh, and it was noticeable. Well, thanks, Harry. My, my weight goes up and down, but hopefully we'll stay on the right track this you're, time. You're going to do it. Now that summer's here, we'd stay more active. By the way, you have to get, like, all new suits and stuff? Yes. Well, that's a good problem. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good expense. And I I, I don't want to say, did you keep the other suits in the closet, like, <laughs> way, way in the back? That's right. Just in case. But you're not going to go back in that direction at all. Uh, let's take a moment. We're here. Uh, we obviously, and you'll see it, it's out on the course uh, we thank you for the whole sponsorship because that obviously goes right to the bottom line of the early in the morning charity. We have 53 whole sponsors, uh, which is really incredible. I mean, you're talking about 18 holes. We have more than three signs at every single hole, which really is amazing. And it's $250 for a whole sign. So we're really grateful uh, to you. You've always done it. You've played in the tournament, too, a number of times. Yes, I, I, uh, well, I'm very honored to be associated with this event, Harry, because it gets better every year. You do such a great job here, and I know you and Margie, you do everything first class, and this, this event just gets better every year. And uh, you caught a beautiful day this year. You, Linwood Country Club looks fantastic this How year. How do we get this day? Oh Seventy, I think it's going to be 72 degrees at tea time on on the fourth Friday in June. I it's, mean, this could be could have been a scorcher. So yeah, it's it's a perfect day. Breakfast is just underway. One of our foursome champions, Bill Schmall, two-time defending champion, he's out uh, getting his nourishment before the round, and we've been able to see a number of the golfers. So we thank you, Jim, for your participation well, every single year. You've always been with us, and, of course, you've always been with us at the dinner as well. Well, I, feel, I just feel privileged to be associated with it, Harry, because you've, you've done so much for so many great charities that, that, that mean a lot to, uh, to Jessica and me and our family. And I, I see what you've done uh, in this uh, community and in this county uh, year after year. And I know that you're growing every year in what you've been able to do. Uh, it's just fantastic. And you've, you've always associated with great people. And I see the sponsors you have this year. Your swag bag is, is bigger than ever. I grabbed one on the way in. Cool. And uh, I just look at the sponsors you have. So you've got great people always associated with the tournament. And I know everybody's going to have a fun time this year. What we love, the work is one thing. You've got, to, you've got to do the work. But what we love is the opportunity to write the grants. Because writing the grants, Council President, good to see you. Mr. President, good to see you, my friend. Thank you for your generosity. Charlie, we gave you a, a really big on-air shout-out. Thank you so much. Uh, Charlie never never disappoints and, and has just brought hundreds of wonderful uh, Philly soft pretzels here. Uh, and we thank him for it and his partnership. But writing these grants uh, and the 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 joy, uh, and and of course, um, in any era, let alone in a pandemic era that we've been living through for a couple of years, these not for profits. They need the help. They oh, need absolutely. it. Absolutely, the absolutely. need has never been greater. Well, r well, today, right now, I think the need is especially pressing. I mean, we, we don't get political at the Hurley in the Morning charity ever, but we're allowed to be real. I mean, we are experiencing something the likes of which this country hasn't faced since the late 1970s. This is real. This inflation is insidious. The supply chain being broken. You know, when you hear things like you can't get a car uh, and you can't get uh, baby formula 
and and the price of everything. I don't know where they're getting this 8.5% inflation. You go show me something that's not up 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 100%. Uh, gasoline was $2 a gallon. It's now 5 6 7 $8 a gallon, depending on what state you're listening in right now. This is a very challenging time. And I will tell you, this is a time where we actually see people that go from being contributors to the charity to becoming recipients of the charity. Well, that's uh, that's that's true. It's very real. And I think it's reassuring, Harry, for for your audience to know that you're still here doing doing your thing. And and you're you know, you're you're a rock here, Harry, to, to this community and. There's our friend Kirk Conover coming through. The best. One of the greats. And Nancy. One of the greats yeah. in this county. No, no question about it. And, and I think that's why it's so important, the, the work that you do, and for, for, the, for your uh, sponsors and supporters to, to still be here with you and, uh, you know, to, to be an anchor here, to be able to hold on and support the, these causes that are so important because the need is there, if anything, growing. And no I'm doubt. glad that you're able to. To, to, to rise to the occasion again, as you always do. Thank you, Jim. Jim Curcio, our Atlanta County surrogate. Give us a quick update on what's happening at your office. Very busy. Uh, the volume is, is very high. Every, everything we do in our office, uh, we, we have more of. More estates, uh, uh, more adoptions, which is the most joyful thing we have. The adoptions, we're doing a lot of adoptions in Atlantic City. And uh, we do have a lot of estates. They're... they're um, I think it uh, between COVID and also things that had happened that people put off coming in because of COVID. Now they're coming in. Are you finding so there's that a, there's a lot I'm, of people I'm, coming in now, Jim? I'm very curious about this because there there were a lot of people dying in the uh, early years of the pandemic. Now more people are getting sick, but they're they're recovering because the Omicron variant is more insidious but it's it's less lethal did you have a lot of occasions where people died and they didn't have their paperwork together they didn't have a a proper will and did you wind up having a lot of um experiences where you as the judge you had to make decisions because people didn't make them themselves i think that's been a that's been a continuous uh issue there's always a certain percentage where um it's almost always a certain percentage of cases where um, the families have to come in and, and, and seek uh, the appointment of um, an administrator. Uh, and the, New Jersey has laws, um, the laws of intestate succession, which are meant to address that and to provide a, um, a framework for the families which are, are, are going to try to get them to a good outcome. But uh, but you're not Kreskin, and yeah. wouldn't it be just such a better scenario when someone makes it perfectly clear in in paperwork that holds up to inspection and scrutiny? So much better because obviously you could have family members squabble and then they contest and and, and you've lost a family member. Now people are fighting over money. I have so much confidence in you, your integrity, Jim, that you can usually figure these things out. But would you urge people listening right now? I, I mean, I've watched attorneys actually pass without a will. That that should be like malpractice. I mean, yeah. but you know I'm telling the truth on oh, that. Definitely. I'm not lying. Would you 
do you join with me? Is it is it proper to urge people? I, I have a theory that we don't want to experience the process of talking about when we're gone. I think people avoid these decisions of who gets what and if something happens, who's the executor and all these things because nobody wants to – you just don't want to go there, but you have to. I think you hit the nail right on the head. They're difficult subjects to think about, but that's all the more reason because while we're, while we're feeling well, that's the time to think about it. I think half our time in the surrogate's office is spent developing the outreach programs to encourage – people to get a basic estate plan and what we try to um we try to make it as simple as possible because the basic estate plan really is for everyone it's not just for wealthy people everyone should have a basic estate plan which has three three parts to it uh, a last will and testament an advanced directive for health care and a durable power of attorney yeah and these could be as simple or as complex as the needs of the family but everybody should have those three basic components. And, and, and on that medical directive, how important is that? Because you leave to family members, whether it's a spouse or to your adult children, you leave them an awful decision to make if you haven't made it clear whether you are to be resuscitated or what to what dramatic level should care be done. You can make that so determinative so definitive, unambiguous, if you take care of your own business. It's Absolutely. so important. Oh, it's essential. Every, every adult should have it. And, an and i got to be honest director. with you, I, I hated it. Margie and I sat down with the yes. great Lloyd Eisen, and we're talking about all these scenarios. If something happens to one of us, if something happens to both of us, because as you know, I mean, a husband and a wife with children, you could be in a car crash or anything can happen. You don't always go one at a time. You could go two at a time. And so we had to go through all these scenarios, but it's time extraordinarily well spent. I agree with you. And in, when it comes to the advanced directive, you also have the uh, option there to talk to your uh, your doctor, your your healthcare provider. In fact, there's a um, there's a I think there's a Medicare code for that now, uh, yeah. so that people can can talk to their doctor, and uh, there's a billing code, so the doctor can get paid for that consultation. So. There, there's a recognition um, that that this is so important, and there, there also you can get a physician's order, the, what's called a post physician's order on life-sustaining treatment. So there's a number of different things out there, um, and, and I think it's more and more recognized in the medical community how important it is. So there's there's legal options, there are medical options, but the important thing is people need to bring it up with their their attorneys, their healthcare providers, to to get. Uh, the basic plan in place was you don't want these decisions being made in a courtroom. Lastly, terrible, and not in a, by a or having or either. having family members fighting with one another. Right, because if, if this they, isn't what mom would have wanted, this isn't what dad would have wanted. This exactly. and then, and you have ones that want to do more, and ones that say no, stop this. This is just you got to stop this. It's grotesque. So you, I always believe in your family members are already in in great distress. They're bereaving the loss. And then if you compound it by leaving them with an absolute mess, uh, an estate that's not buttoned down, medical directives that, that aren't clear or are absent completely, what does your experience, Jim Curcio, Atlantic County Surrogate, tell you? What percentage of our listeners right now do you believe have a will and a medical directive versus have nothing? 
Well, I think the percentage that have um, a will is increasing over time. Is it 50%? I think it's at least 50% now. Um, That's still terrible, though. That have, that have an estate. There's a, there's a certain percentage that don't have an estate. There are also people, in, in some ways, the best estate plan is to have nothing that even passes through probate. If you get to that, then you really have... That's almost the nirvana state where you've got everything has been transferred during your lifetime. Uh, but um, for those that have an estate, uh, a very large percentage are going through wills. So sometimes there's assets that unavoidably uh, have to go through an estate. And um, the, the, the ones that really have to be careful are, are people who have become single late in life. You really then have to have a will. Because Cause your old will might be leaving things to people you don't intend to do. Exactly. And, and that counts if it still exists, right? That's right. And, and, and also um, uh, people who've been divorced, uh, sometimes the um, uh, a, a prior spouse is left in a will. or there's a oh, On life insurance or different things. Yes. And, and that needs to be addressed. Children from and a, a previous if, And marriage. if that's not addressed, that... that Document is legal and binding. Create a lot of hardship. Well, there's statutes that would that could nullify that, but you end up in a court fight at times. Then you're in a controversy. And and children sometimes feel that they've been left out. I see our county Ooh. clerk is here. This is Joe Girallo. This yes. Is a, this is the guy who keeps us all on our toes here. Let me do this. Let me get Joe on before the bottom of the hour break. Let me give you a closing comment. We'll get Joe on before the bottom of the hour break. Then Frank Neal from All Season Solar is going to join us right after the bottom of the hour break. Closing comment. Harry, I just want to thank you again for this outstanding tournament that you put on. Thank you. For, first of all, for the fun that you give all these golfers. They're going to have a great day out here. But especially for the charity work that you're doing and all the money that you're putting out into our community. You, you really are a great uh, asset to Atlantic County and a great friend to everybody here. And I, I appreciate you having me on and for letting me be a part of this great event. Thank you, Surrogate. Surrogate Jim Curcio. Joining us now is the Atlantic County clerk. You talk about instant impact, getting it going uh, right out of the box. Joe Girallo. Come on over, Joe. You can come right around here. And uh, believe me, not lost on me are those wonderful pallets of blueberries. Um, oh, we are such huge fans of uh, Hamilton blueberries or wherever they might come from. Where were these? Uh, they're Hamilton blueberries. Well, they're, I, 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 I want to say my favorite blueberries on the planet are Hamilton blueberries, which for people who don't know, Hamilton is considered the blueberry capital of the world, certainly the country. It's amazing. People I don't think realize, Joe, the rich, just incredible history that we have here in Atlanta County. Absolutely. And, and I, I see that and say it every day. And I think that it's important that we understand how much history there is in Atlanta County and always enjoying that. And very, very, very happy to be from the blueberry capital of the world, as you know, Harry. Very proud of my heritage. Grew up working on a blueberry farm, so I know what work is. Hard work. About. Hard work. Yeah. I, 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 we built we built flats in my day. People don't realize blueberries aren't like cranberries. Cranberries float and a little easier to get out of the water. Blueberries are back-breaking work. That's a lot of work because, and it's a year-long process between the trimming and and the fertilizing and the watering and everything else that goes on with them. Certainly, absolutely, all all year long, and love it. Joe, I'm going to be in to see you because, and I still have a couple months, but and I have to say, the state was very, very efficient. Uh, every five years, as you know, 
you have to renew your notary. notary. So I have all the, the, the new notary paperwork and everything. And then the last step, for those who don't know, you appear before the Atlanta County Clerk. Come by in a little bit. Um, I want to know when you're coming because I want to be there yeah, to swear you in. We're going to do I, it. I do swear in a, a, as many notaries as I can. I come out and, and, and do that, as you well know. I'm yeah, also- I've, been a, I've been a notary since 1992. Wow. Um, I've never let it elapse. I love, I love to swear people in, and, and people, people are very shocked that the clerk comes out. And when I, I have the staff call me when somebody comes in. We probably swear in between 30 and 35 notaries a week in the county clerk's office. And uh, that's that's big. That's big. And as you uh, uh, I want to be come down and talk to you about new initiative uh, that will be taking on in in August known as the property alert system that the clerk's office is going. We have two minutes. Do it. And uh, it's a new system that will be announced fully in in August. It's a property alert. You sign up on the uh, Atlanta County Clerk's Web page. And when you do so, if someone were to do a fraudulent mortgage deed or something against your property, you'll be notified. So we stop the fraud in real estate transactions against uh, anyone in this county. This is, Joe, is this thing that we hear about where people can't get your your signature off of the web and they, they, they fake like they're you and then they get your property in their name? Does that really happen? Yes, it does happen, and that's part and of. And then what they take property. all the equity. Then they take everything out of your house. You didn't even know that you, you know, you, you, you had a mortgage against seconds. your house and things that have changed. I uh, appreciate this. Appreciate all you do here today, Harry. I uh, have to be honest. I don't golf. I don't either. I certainly support that. But it's and, great. It's great it's for the great. charity. I, I see. I it see. The charity is great. And looking forward to your <laughs> yeah. your, your fall thing. And uh, and by the on. way, you wouldn't say this, but you were one of the very first people to step up, and you were one of our generous whole sponsors. So check it out. There's a beautiful sign out on the course with your name on it. Thank you, Harry, and thank you for all that you do for everyone in this area. Ladies and so gentlemen, appreciate it. Thank Joe you, Girallo, our Atlanta County Clerk, and and also it's in my contract. Ladies and gentlemen, content director, Town Square Media, Atlantic City, Joe Kelly. He's in the field. He's not just a pretty face. He's in the field, and he's a contributor to the Hurley in the Morning charity, and I mean that sincerely. Frank Neal is going to join us, Jack Cittarelli, and much more straight ahead. Don't go away. It is uh, halftime of the 8 o'clock hour here live from the Linwood Country Club. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. With South Jersey information you need to know, I'm Vin Avenue. The clock is ticking on a strike deadline for Atlantic City's casino workers. Union members have authorized a strike for the 4th of July weekend if new contracts are not in place by then. Gas prices have dropped another penny a gallon for regular, now at four ninety-four a gallon on average. And efforts continue to develop a new COVID booster shot that offers expanded protection against many different types of variants. Get more South Jersey information right now on our app. Your forecast is next. From the Townsport, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. A fantastic forecast as we barrel toward the first weekend of summer. The only issue today, a moderate risk of rip currents continuing along the Jersey Shore. Weather-wise, look for mostly to partly sunny skies and nice warm summery temperatures today. High of 80, it'll be cooler at the beaches. Clearing quiet tonight, low 66. Tomorrow, sunny, dry, and very warm. Inland high 87. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Listen for the morning edition of the O'Reilly Update with Bill O'Reilly at 10.15 this morning. Now, Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We are... 
We are back. It is 35 minutes past the hour live, and it's really getting uh, just so much fun here with everybody having breakfast. The golfers are checking in, and this 8 o'clock hour is so special because it's the time that everybody can break bread before everyone convenes. And Chelsea's doing a great job. Thanks for everything. Uh, so many just wonderful people here. And here's a great friend. We, we now go back. It's not like we've known each other for five minutes. Our relationship is many, many years now. And all during the week, every day just about, I get a message. Harry, how do I get in touch with Frank Neal? I want to call Frank Neal. I've got to call Frank. i got to call All Season Solar. It's really working, yeah, Frank. Really what is. we do together is is really special. All Season Solar is the official, the exclusive solar energy provider for the Hurley Morning Program, for the Hurley family. And when you're looking for solar energy, this is the company that I unconditionally ask you to talk to. Mr. President, good to see you, sir. Have a great round. Have fun. Love it. Love it. He's got mulligans. He's got 50-50. We got it all going. So, Frank, welcome to our broadcast Thank studio. Thank you, Harry. It's great to, be, great to be here. I was just telling your brother, again, you must have a voodoo doll somewhere in your house. And, and we moved it, Frank. I know you did. Okay, so it's, it's, it's now not the third Friday in June that's the driver. It's actually the event. Yeah. Because yeah. we moved I, it to the and fourth. what did it do yesterday? Well, it, it, it yeah, yeah, yesterday would have been great. And last <laughs> Friday, which would have been the date for 14 straight years, was 93 degrees. Yeah. Today is going to be set. Thank you, Don. Yeah, it's going to be mid 70s. Yeah. 72 when you tee off. It's going to be yeah. absolutely perfect. I want to thank you. I want to thank Mr. DeMassi. I want to thank the entire All Season Solar team for your partnership because this means a lot, you know, to our charity, uh, the, the partnership that we have forged. And when people sign up with you, you sign up with the Hurley in the Morning charity each yeah, time. Yeah, and, you know, I think about this a lot, and we talk about it on the air, but uh, basically, if it didn't work, you wouldn't I wouldn't, I, we no. wouldn't be here. No. I mean, we'd still be friends. Yeah. But if it didn't work for us uh, it, as a business, and let's face it, we're in business to sell solar, to get pe people to get solar, and you've been an instrumental uh, factor in us in, in being successful. So we share, and, we, and, and it's been a wonderful I guess we're coming up on nine years. Sir, yes, sir. Yeah, something like that. It's crazy. <clears throat> it really is. It's nuts, but uh, but it works, and I say it all the By time. By the way, it doesn't seem half that time. No, it doesn't. It's crazy. Yeah, it really doesn't. And, and neither one of us have aged at all. No, no, no. Since We've been, especially anything, the, the pandemic made us younger. <laughs> if anything, I think I got taller, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, Except uh, our grandsons are taller oh than us. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, no, it's been a, it's been a wonderful uh, run with you guys. Chelsea, your father wanted to know that you were on time this morning. I told him you were. You were on time. Yes, I was. Okay, so, Kevin, I just want to report in. It's crazy here today. There's people all over we're the place. We're keeping tabs, Chelsea. We're keeping tabs. Yes. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry, Frank. So, no, I just said it's, it's been, a, been a great run for everybody. We, we sort of got through the, the pandemic together. Uh, we, we were pretty much pandemic proof. It didn't yeah. affect us. At all. As a matter of fact, I think we've talked about this before. We were able to get more customers during the pandemic. Well, like telemedicine, you right. got into the tele-appointment yeah. business. Yeah, exactly. What you thought had to be like go somewhere and eat up all that time driving and eat up all that more time driving back. Yeah. That gave you more time to Absolutely. help more people. We were poking a stick at that prior to the pandemic. But when the pandemic hit, we thought, okay, we got to jump in with both feet. And we did. 
and uh, and we survived and and things are really good the, the industry has got a great reputation as an industry uh, and uh, we it's only going to get better now with the way things are going with energy costs uh, that's just going to skyrocket and solar of course is is not so we're in a good good position frank have a great round today it really is a privilege that you're always with us with a great foursome i'm sure you have that beautiful bag that you won in our oh, charity yeah. auction yeah that incredible Bring it uh, every year oh my gosh it's yeah. it's it's one of the most magnificent golf bags i've ever seen it's a limited edition uh and you deserve it and i will see you uh at lunch yes you will my friend thank, thank you my Mary. brother be well good to be with you frank neal joining us now and it's going to move quick from here because at about 10 of in about 10 minutes i'm going to have to uh i'm going to have to move out towards the uh the welcome area with all of our golfers queuing up ladies and gentlemen we do no politics at the hurley in the morning charity but i am well read on this topic so if you look at my last items at wpgtalkradio.com or the wpg talk radio app you will see what i've had to say about jack Chitarelli. Uh, because we have a track record of just processing what has happened in a prior cycle and what that means going forward. And over 31 years, we have a 100% track record. So I made a long-term prediction about what's going to be happening in a few years. Check it out. It's unambiguous, and it's available on your app and on our website uh, Governor, it's great to see you, sir. How are you? Harry, it's great to see you. Congratulations on 15 magnificent outings. This is the 15th, and uh, thank you for what you do with the proceeds. We know you benefit all the charities in the area. Thank you for your support, because you'll you'll see it out on the, the golf course. I'm happy to do it once again. And uh, so, by the way, a few moments ago, I spent some quality time with uh, Mrs. Hurley. I married well. I married up. As I was going to say, Harry, congratulations. Yeah. Like Thank me, you. you married up. Yeah. 40, 41 years this October 17th. Well, I'll tell you what. You both still look like newlyweds, Thank which you. says it's been a magnificent marriage. <laughs> Thank you. So how's life? Life is great. It'd be better if I was governor. But, hey, 2025 will be here before you know it. But well, it's great well, this, to be in the red state of South Jersey. It's no doubt about it. And this is not politics. What was the experience like? This is a state, as you know, of about 9 million people, one of the most densely populated states in the country, 21 counties strong, a lot of ground to cover. What was the experience like? Harry, of course, I'm disappointed in the loss. We were in it to win it, but I will tell you it was the most exhilarating experience of my life. I love the challenge. Call me crazy. I love the campaign because New Jerseyans, you can get up close and personal. They're salt-of-the-earth people, and I really do think our campaign had impact. And after all, we flipped 134 seats at the municipal and county level, uh, won an unprecedented number of seats in the state legislature. Uh, there was a lot of success to celebrate, but I love the campaign. The thing you learn most, Harry, about this state, north is very different from central, and central is very different from south. It's so true. And, and no matter how well you think you know the state, when you become a statewide candidate, which you've done, you see things that you never even knew existed, don't you? That's correct. Like, for example, in Salem County, longest-running rodeo in the country takes place every Saturday night in summer. And if I parachuted most New Jerseyans in with a blindfold, they would think they were in Nebraska. Uh, but there you have it right there in Salem County. That magnificent rodeo takes place every, every Saturday night in summer. What was the experience like? Because you had your own analytics, you had your own internals, and you were not um, delusional. You knew that, and this is not political, this is now in the rearview mirror, and it really happened. It's just factual. It's not politics uh, on the day of our charity. 
you were always closer than it's like those old mirrors on cars. The object is closer than than it appears in the mirror. I don't know why they had glass like that. That was stupid to me. But uh, yet all the, 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 the reporting was completely not just inaccurate, but spectacularly inaccurate to your detriment. What was that like? Listen, it's frustrating with 12 weeks to go. You've got one of our major universities saying I'm 12 points down. In fact, another university said I was 11 points down. That university has now said they're no longer going to engage in polling because of how embarrassingly wrong that poll was. But as I went up and down the state, I kept telling people, history tells us this is going to be close. History tells us this is going to be a photo finish. And I really believe that we could win it. And guess what, Harry? On election day, on election day, in-person voting, I did beat Phil Murphy by 216,000 votes statewide. Do you think if it was not a pandemic and voting differently than than typical that it would have been a different result? I do, Harry. I really do. It's a phenomenal point that you're making. One of the great challenges was that uh, with daily press briefings because of the pandemic, this governor got his name ID up to 98%. Uh, that's a tough hill to climb. But guess what? We almost climbed that hill. What do you think it is about what I wrote about recently? And I've written about this a lot over the years. Jim Florio lost a heartbreaker to Tom Kane. He was the next governor. Christy Whitman had a very close election against Senator Bill Bradley. She's the next governor. McGreevy came very close to beating Whitman, like 15,000 votes, something just so thin, the margin. He's the next governor. I could keep going. You keep going. You keep going. It, it, I think New Jerseyans make you earn it. I couldn't agree with you more. So they say, look, you came close and come back to me next time and it's going to be different. I'll take another look next time. Don't you feel that? Absolutely. And listen, there's a lot of things that dictate the outcome of elections, one of which is name ID and familiarity. And so, listen, we raised $20 million and we spent it all and got my name ID up to 92%. Um, And so, again, I'm proud of our effort. Um, But I couldn't agree with you more. History teaches us that. um, And listen, I want to be clear, though, Harry, I was in it to win it. This wasn't about 2025. No, I agree. I I remember interviewing you on that question. (laughs) But see, that's all part of the equation, though. It's It's not like, hey, this is like a beauty contest. Like, hey, look at me and I miss congeniality, but I'll be back next time to, to win the crown. No, you were in it to win it. And you almost did. And New Jersey has always rewarded the person that has done that. Particularly Republicans, because after all, there are 1.1 million more Democrats and they will vote for you. But you know what? To your point of a few months ago, they want to get to know you as best as they possibly can. And sometimes it takes two cycles to have that happen. I've noticed that you have done something very smart. You haven't gone away. You're participating all over the state. But you're not obnoxious. You're not strategic. You're not political. You're just being a good citizen. And you're doing all the things that you did that I have to be honest with you. I've been doing this 31 years. Most times people run. And then if it doesn't work, you don't hear from them ever again. They disappear. And then that kind of showed that it was strategic. It wasn't lasting. It wasn't real. Uh, But it was for a moment. And if it went my way, fine. If it didn't go my way, see you later. You didn't go away, but you're doing it in a way that is not off-putting, but actually very welcoming. Well, I appreciate that. That's hard. I hear you. And uh, listen, I'm not one to go sit in the dark because of failure. Um, So, But guess what? Even if my plan wasn't to run for governor in 2025, I'd be doing this. Because guess what? There's a lot to celebrate around the state. 
our campaign was successful in a great many ways. 134 seats at the municipal and county level were flipped. An unprecedented number of wins in the legislature. Yeah. Um, there's a lot to celebrate out there. And I want to keep that energy high because guess what? We've got these congressional races this year. And sending Nancy Pelosi into retirement as Speaker of the House, and I don't want to get too political here, but it's because of these seats that we're going to win in New Jersey. This is going to be, I believe, a um, like a 1994, uh, maybe possibly the midterm of President Obama. I don't know if there's 68 House seats uh, sitting there for, for the taking, but I wouldn't be surprised if there was 50. And there's going to be a few surprises in New Jersey, as there was when yeah. Ed Durr beat Steve Sweeney. Well, Everyone's focused. Tom, Tom Kane is my district. He actually would have won the last time. It was it was a, a all vote by mail election. He barely lost. He's going to be in the Congress, and I do believe and he'll be a great one. He'll be a great one. I do believe that uh, Healy's going to beat Kim in District Three. And again, you mark my words. There's going to be a couple of other real surprises, without a doubt. Now, let me give you. We have about a minute. Closing comment. Anything you'd like to share? And again, thank you for your contribution. Thank you for playing today in, in our charity tournament, and it, it means a lot to our event to have such a great friend here with us. Well, I want to thank we, we you. We go back. We go back, and I want to thank you for what you do for the public discourse. And one of the great advantages of South Jersey is we've got a couple of radio personalities, and uh, like yourself, who really engage every single day in the issues that are most important to the listeners. And providing me the opportunity to come on board was an opportunity for people to get to know me better. That's the big difference between South Jersey and North Jersey. You've got We've got our own radio stations in South Jersey yeah. that are New Jersey. We're, we're so blessed. Up north, you know, I've got to get on the New York stations. Yeah. Um, so I want to thank you for all that you do, and particularly on a day like this for the 15th year in a row. Charities are going to benefit. The community is going to be better because of the money you raised through this golf outing. Ladies and gentlemen, Jack Cittarelli, my dear friend. Thank you, sir. Harry, thank you. Great to see you. I know you can play. I know you've got game, and I know you're really fit. Have a wonderful time out there. I'm looking forward to it. It's minutes away. All right, I'm going to connect with our chief engineer uh, right now, and uh, – I'm going to take the show on the road. Give me just a second here. This is going to be... Oh, wait a minute. Let's get our picture. We'll be back. We didn't go anywhere. We're just smiling for the photographer. <laughs> Want to use mine? Okay. There you go. It's all right, huh? You're using two cameras. Thank you. I'll send a copy to you. Thank you. Jack Gitarelli, ladies and gentlemen. All right, let me contact Roy. And then we're gonna take we're gonna take the show on the road. Oh, let me get my windscreen too. This is gonna make it very wonderfully efficient. Yeah, I'm still on. Uh, I'm gonna I'll tell you when I switch. Let me just get on with uh, the very famous Roy. Yeah, yep. I expect it to be. Okay, good. <laughs> I'm about to take the show on the road. And there we go. All right, you can pot all this down. down. I'm going to take I'm a walk around and just around see, and see uh, uh, how everybody's doing. I don't know where you're I'll do it by the speaker. Hey, Chris, good to see you, my friend. How are you feeling, buddy? How are you, Commissioner? Good. good. Feeling real good. Hey, Rich, good, good to see you. Don Hurley, official photographer, send our listeners on WPG Talk Radio 95.5 a little message from you. Well, it's great to be here, Harry. Congratulations again for the 15th time you're doing it. It's just, this is a spectacular day, and it proves even if you change the day, this early in the morning golf tournament, it still works. The weather's still with you, Harry. It is, a it is amazing. It's just great. 
just reminding me, I'm going to take this sheet with me just in case we need it for some. Steve, have a great round. And I'll be back. When I come back, we'll go back on, on the studio mics. Golfers are heading out. Frank Campo, Harry Hurley in the morning. Your former student here. Right. And, and track, track star. Ladies and, and gentlemen, my, my coach, my right. head coach. And, right. Yeah. Appreciate and you, man. Great day to see both twins together. Yeah. Frank, how many years have you played in our tournament, would you say? No, you missed at least one or so. I missed one or two. I was traveling to see my yeah. son in Ohio. But it's a great, great event, a great fundraiser, and you do a terrific job and your whole staff. It's nice. How is life after so many years, you know, doing what you did, athletic director, teacher before that, head coach, for a long time, championship coach, by the way, Atlantic County Championship head coach. What has retirement been like? You know, you have kids, you have grandkids. What's it been like? Um, I, I really enjoy it. And you ask yourself, um, how, how, did, how time just flies, really, and how you work and did all the things that you they do right now. We enjoy, um, my one son lives in Virginia and the other one in Ohio with the two grandkids. That's basically what we do. Um, we'll travel there um, and I, I enjoy retirement, really. Well, you earned it. Right. How many years were you with the Atlantic City Public School System? Uh, 43. Wow, incredible. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, Frank Campo, it's almost time to go uh, to your car. Yeah, we are. All right, I'm gonna walk on out. Well, it's a beautiful day. It's about 72 degrees. There's almost no wind. There's zero chance of rain. It is just a spectacular 15th annual Hurley Morning Charity Golf Open. As we continue onward, Skip, how are you? We are live on the air. Ladies and gentlemen, Skip Grenice, uh distinct fire deputy chief. Should have been chief. That's another story. Uh, and we're continuing. Still, folks, uh, how's everybody doing? We're going to visit with you in a little bit. Absolutely. Harry, good to see you. I'm going to go see how everybody's doing. Leonard, thank you so much for your help. Good to see you. We're live on the air. Thanks for all you do, Big Shot. Here we go. Let's see if I can find Jeff Bonnecke. Oh, this is a, this is a handsome sight. Oh, this is fantastic. There he is. You're playing? I'm here. I'm not you playing. are I'm here. I'm playing a couple holes. Ladies and gentlemen, Senator Vince Palestina on the 15th annual Early in the Morning Charity Golf Open, which you have played in many of them. Yes. How are things? Things are well, Harry. Thank you. A lot of time in Trenton trying to get the budget done, trying to wrap things up here at the end of June, but things are well. You had a great day, great weather, and the whole family's here ready to play some golf. Have you ever witnessed in the fourth Friday of June a day that's 72 degrees, a whisper of wind, just enough sun? but not too much sun. I mean, this is almost ridiculous. It is. You dialed it up perfectly. It couldn't have got any better if you're going to go out and golf. This is the, the weather you want. And as you know, as we had done it last week, which we did for 14 years, but Linwood switched to the um, member special that they do on the third Friday, it would have been 93 degrees last week. Yeah, last week was a hot one. So this and is I would have better. been in COVID hell. You might want to keep the fourth Friday in June. It seems to be That'd working be out very, very well. Yeah, well, they're keeping that date forevermore, so we're keeping the fourth Friday. Tell us about this Palestina foursome. Who's playing? 
So we got uh, the star, Carolyn. We got Vinny Palestina, Dominic Palestina, and Cole Palestina going off on the sixth hole. We're hoping that it's a par three. We're hoping to knock one in, hole one, first hole, and can enjoy the day. And a great tradition continues. I do not call them. They do not call me. For 15 straight years, the Atlantic City Sandpipers, Pipes and Drums, come out and bless our events. Awesome. Just an awesome day, Harry. It's going to be uh, extremely successful. We're going to raise a lot of money for charity, help a lot of people out, and just wonderful for us to be here. And thank you, as always. Your support has been day one. It has never wavered. When you were in office, when you were not in office, when you're in office now as our senator, your support has never changed. And that's a real friend. And it never will. So I was happy to do it. You know, one of the things we all have to do is give back. And so so excited to be able to do that and help out people in need at very challenging times. Senator, good to be with you. You too. Senator Joe Yossovich. Hero Mike Heath, welcome to the Hurley in the Morning Charity Golf Open, my brother. It's a pleasure. Are to you happy to be here for the first time? For the first time. This is awesome. Man. I mean, we're, we're such close friends. It's yeah. almost inconceivable to me that you haven't played until today. And it's my fault, Mayor. Ah. Yeah, because I don't golf. But but isn't it fun? Oh, this is amazing, Mayor. Just to, just to see the people involved and everyone's everyone's having an awesome day. Beautiful weather. Couldn't ask for couldn't ask for a better day, Mayor. Now because radio is a theater of the mind, I do have to say, Hero, you are in direct competition. I mean, for the best dressed. You are. You, so what do they say? If you can't play, look good, yeah, right? Good, you got it. So you, I should have worn my knickers. You, you got that covered. <laughs> You're looking good. Thank you, brother. Let me get Bill Schmall real quick. I know everybody's uh, getting ready to get into their carts. Bill Schmall, two-time defending champion of the Hurley in the Morning Charity Golf Open, which it's tough to win this once. The competition is very, very good. There's a lot of good players out here. Uh, you've had great success here, you and your yeah. foursome. Who is the host? Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I have uh, the same four guys always play every year, and they're all good players. When you have a team that you guys know each other, there's you just throw four people together, even if they're talented. I think there's something to synergy when you guys know each other. Does that help? Sure, sure it does. Absolutely. Yeah. No question. And we've known each other for uh, plus 30 years, all of us. And you come every year with the intention to win. Absolutely. Uh, our focus is not to be uh, – we're not going to be deterred this year, Harry. We're gonna, not going to be deterred. All right, I'm going to see if I can find Jeff Bonnecke. Do you see him, Bill, anywhere? There he is. Okay. Jeff, we are ready for you. I'll, want me to welcome, and then we'll uh, – I'll turn it over to you. Don't walk too far. I don't want to be static. Ladies and gentlemen. Harry Hurley here. Welcome to the 15th annual Hurley in the Morning Charity Golf Open. Thank you all for your generosity. You've made it possible over the past 15 years for our charity to uh, be able to earn $1.2 million in contributions. Thank you so much for that. And, of course, what that allows us to do, there are no uh, salaries. Uh, we keep the expenses to the bare minimum. We want to drive every single dollar that you contribute to the bottom line so that we can write as many grants as possible. We've been able to write hundreds of grants. Most of them stay here in the area, uh, almost all of them in the state, and even ones that have gone outside the state many times benefit New Jersey students, for example. We do broadcasting scholarships multiple every year, hospitals, all kinds of literacy programs, you name it, we will step up and try to support everyone that needs our help. So thank you. I want you to have a great day. It's 72 degrees, just enough sun, but not too much sun. 
whisper of wind. It's going to be perfect conditions for a wonderful round. There are four opportunities out on the course for you to win prizes, so enjoy all of that. And it is my pleasure to introduce Jeff Bonnecke, the director of golf operations here at the wonderful, the beautiful Doherty owned Linwood Country Club. Jeff. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a Town Square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Welcome back. Welcome back to Hurley in the Morning. This is Margie Hurley filling in for Harry. Here he comes. So we're going to be having the uh, Atlantic City Pal come up next and talk about their great program. Um, at the registration desk, we had uh, a, a, world, uh, a new world's record for mulligan sales, $850. Wow. Very, very generous. Well, we know where that's going. Because we knew where the pal, that the Pal was going to benefit. So here's Harry. Thanks, honey. Thank you very much. Well, the golfers are all off. Roy, thank you back at the studio for your assistance in the last segment. It all went beautifully well. And the golfers are happy, and it's beautiful outside, and now they have, you know, the next four hours or so, and following that, a beautiful lunch. Yeah, thank you, honey. Uh, Much appreciated. So without further delay, um, it is a pleasure to welcome to our live coverage. This is um, a very important part of the program because this work that's done by this team, it changes lives. It's so very important. Now, I, I know who Lieutenant Will Santiago is, and uh, he does a great job uh, as a police lieutenant and also uh, in charge of the Atlantic City Police Athletic League. And I go back a long way with this program uh, to people that I actually went to school with um, that have done, like, a, an amazing job in, in past iterations, Dave Hadley and uh, people like that. Uh, so you you know, you, you come from a long line of great and typically male role models, but not always because we, we, we have um, great representation all the way around uh, in this program. But it's a pleasure to welcome you. And if you would introduce us to also who's with you today, will you be appearing on air or are you just you're just moral support? Okay, <laughs> Lieutenant, it's great to see you. It was great to see you, Eric. And also, I'm here today with Regina Younger. She's the director of program over at the PAL. And like she said, she's here for moral support today. But um, you're right, Harry. I do had I, when I came in as a director, 
I had a lot of big shoes to fill because there was a lot of great um, directors in the past, and they thrived having the PAL with all the wonderful programs and achievements they have done in the past. Without a doubt. And take a couple of minutes, Lieutenant, and explain what the Atlantic City Police Athletic League does. Because at one point, there wasn't even the the infrastructure. Now there's the beautiful building that's been around for a number of years, the boxing ring. I've been in your facilities. It's really quite an amazing facility. Talk about what you do. Well, actually, um, PAL is always known for sports. For some reason, everybody looked at PAL as basketball, football, baseball. But we have turned around the PAL. The PAL is actually a community service. It's a community center. Uh, We actually host about 250 to 300 seniors during the day. They're called the Golden Circle. We actually have STEM programs. We have educational. We have male mentoring, female mentoring. We have all these educational programs that the children love to participate in. And a lot of times, one of the criteria for us is you need to participate on educational before you start doing the physical. And what I mean by physical is before they go upstairs to play basketball or play um, the boxing, they have to come and do their homework. They have to do, they have to participate in a mentoring program or take it a step further. Um, we included the police explorers into our program. So every Saturday, especially out throughout the summer, we have about 30 or 40 kids that actually want to do something productive through their neighborhoods. They do community service. They go work their marathons. They work the movie nights. They're out there all the time being very active. But And on top of that, we have a boxing program. Elite boxing program, I believe, is one of the ones in our tri-state area. We had um, a couple youths win the national silver gloves. Um, we had a world-renowned lightweight champion of the world come out of POW. So at the end of the day, we have a lot of activities that come for our youth. And we have a summer camp starting up in a couple months. Uh, actually, I'm sorry, another couple weeks that it's going to host um, – about 150 to 200 children. Um, and the great part of that is the parents know that the children are being well taken care of. And we take them on six trips. Every weekend, we're taking the kids out of Atlantic City. We've noticed that we have to show our children that there's something more than just Atlantic City. So we made it a habit of taking them out of the area, on wonderful trips. We also start on Monday, the Junior Police Academy. I can just go on and on and on and tell you about all these great programs that we have because we have to change with times. In times, um, people don't like change, but unfortunately, we have to move with change. I started this. I believe this is going to be another great program. I started an entrepreneur program. We have a DJ school. We're going to have kids learning how to DJ, and they're going to actually perform on National Night Out. They're going to be doing our own barbecue so why should i be paying somebody outside of atlantic city when our kids can do this so it's an investment in their career and their future and also unfortunately my 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 bank account because they're going to be djing playing the music for our community and that's something nice to see the young youth participating in our in our events do you find that the opportunity to have something that's so positive and so productive can be all the difference between making bad choices 
or choosing to make good choices? Well, we actually, like I said, we want the kids to be making good choices. But I noticed that as long as they're doing something productive and doing being active within the PAL, they always have a, a good path to go on. And we have people willing to help them out. And in the past, we have seen great kids come out of the PAL. And actually, we had kids that became police officers. We had like two, uh, three kids this year alone that were pal kids that became police officers and at the end of the day we don't want them all to be police officers we want to guide them to become productive citizens but it's it's uh, impossible for me to to believe otherwise they were exposed to such a positive role model of police officers that it actually inspired them for that to be their career we made uh, the the donation to you captain captain real quick because i know you got to run uh I mentioned it uh, on air during the broadcast, but you weren't able to hear it because it wasn't on the PA at the time. But I made the comment that 15 straight years, the Atlantic City Sandpipers, Pipes and Drums, you've never missed our event. We just presented uh, off air, but now I'm going to make mention to it on air, a $1,000 grant that I believe we have done every single year for 15 consecutive years. And Captain Norm, take the mic for just a moment and say hello to everybody. Good morning. Hello, everybody. Thank you very much. I really enjoyed doing this event. I didn't know this was today until I woke up this morning and heard him on the radio. I thought it was Memorex because every show I've heard from Harry, he's it's been a recording. So now he's back live, which I'm glad. And I'm glad I was just right around the corner. And I was able to come over here and do this. It was you. fantastic. You did, you did great. And we're now the fourth Friday and not the third Friday. So it actually worked out well for a lot of reasons. Yes, 93 degrees. So we, uh, we're, we're blessed. We're blessed and we know it. Captain Norm, good to see you, my friend. Thanks. And, and I know you do great work with these grants that we write to you with your scholarships. So thank you. Captain Norm Wilson, Atlantic City uh, Fire Department, great captain. Uh, Lieutenant, thank you for the opportunity because I knew Captain uh, Norm had to, had to leave. Uh, the opportunity to show youngsters positive role models and to see that you don't have to make these choices of doing bad things in the community and getting in trouble. And really, if you do that, if there's two doors. There's this one door that is filled with opportunity to have a great life, or you can wreck it before you even have a chance to get started. If you do something serious enough, even as a juvenile, you know, there are certain things they'll, they'll track with you all the days of your life. So I, I just love the reason, and we're going to do it right now, we're presenting the Atlantic City Police Athletic League with a grant in the amount of $1,000 uh, because we know that you will put that to beautiful work with programs and whatever you do with it, we trust you to uh, to invest that in your programs. But every child that you get at these impressionable ages where they can go bad or or they have the opportunity to choose good is just huge. It is very huge, and that's why a lot of our programs – uh, first, Harry, thank you very much for the grant. That Pleasure. Cool appreciate it. Definitely going to go to great use. Honor. But um, like we're talking about, a lot of these programs, we're not waiting for them to come to us. Because if you wait for them to come to us, sometimes it might be a day too late. So we have a couple programs that we actually go out to the neighborhoods so we actually can perform. As we were talking, and I know I've talked a lot about a couple programs, but, you know, soccer is one of the programs. In our facility, we're, we're 
we're established to do basketball and others, but we're not established to do soccer. So what we had to do was go out to the neighborhoods, reach, go out to them at a younger age and say, hey, you can be part of this organization. We're going to be here to support you. But we're also what comes with that is mentoring, friendships, and introducing them. Let me follow up on soccer because obviously soccer is the number one sport in the world. But it probably, it's fair to say, is not the number one sport here in America. And and I'll even break it down by urban and suburban uh, type of you know mentality in terms of soccer. How well received is soccer? Well, in Atlantic City, it's really, really big. Fantastic. I have approximately over 100 youth participating. I got six different teams. And all ages, eight and under, we actually have the teenagers. So we have a nice group of kids participating in soccer in Atlantic City. Um, We just finished having a tournament last week. It's really nice to see that different cultures, different uh, nationalities coming out, participating on these wonderful events because, like you said, at one time, soccer wasn't even thought about. The last couple years ago, it wasn't really that big for us. Now it's huge. Like every weekend we go out, there's hundreds of kids and their parents. Participation is really big. We're visiting with uh, Atlantic City Police Lieutenant Will Santiago. Atlantic City Police Athletic League is the topic this half hour on our live coverage from the Hurley in the Morning Charity Golf Open. The golfers are out. They teed off right when they should have, right at 9 a.m. So they'll be out on the course for between four-ish to four and a half hours and then a beautiful lunch awaits everyone we're going to visit with a dear friend of mine pastor al cyberson coming up uh in just a little bit we're going to go until the bottom of the hour if that's good with you it's good with me appreciate you lieutenant and and regina as well uh the programs that you do in terms of how people can help i'm, I'm sure you can always use help uh it's a rich city it's a wonderful city and there's you know great opportunities but there's always a need uh if people listening right now because they're hearing the beautiful work. Like I, I truly believe that you're in the business of saving lives because there's just so many things that can distract someone, even someone predisposed to be good if they get around the wrong crowd mm-hmm. all of a sudden because they want to be popular uh, or whatever, not bullied, not picked on. They want to be with the cool crowd. Then all of a sudden they, they're they conflicted because they're they're involved with people that they're thinking, wow, the price to be cool is really kind of selling my soul and my future because I might wind up being involved in some kind of drug thing or some kind of robbery or violent type situation that is is going to spiral that person downward in a, in a very, very bad way. Here is an opportunity to have structure, good order. I think one of the things that makes the Atlantic City Police Athletic League so compatible with what you're doing with the youth programs is that a police department as a paramilitary organization is about good order good order so the the whole framework is so i think so compatible that this works and then if we talk about community policing isn't this really the ultimate in community policing because this is children seeing police officers uh in a totally different light not not a police officer stopping them or saying, hey, did you do something wrong? Or, hey, I caught you doing something wrong. And seeing the, the negative side, this is seeing that leadership mentoring mm-hmm. type of approach. Your thoughts about that? Ari, you hit it right on the nail right on the head. 
because we took it a step further when it came to the Atlantic City Police Department. We actually brought in the community relations unit into the PAL. And the reason we did that was because when there is an event in within the community itself, um, a lot of times when with families and friends are disputing, what's the first thing people say? Just go down to the police station and file a complaint. We're taking this to the next level. Don't go down the police station. Come over to the PAL. We have community relations officers that work out of the PAL. And we'll try to resolve this before it goes to the next level. Yeah, how important is it too? I, I, I love, Lieutenant, what you're saying here. How important is it for children to see police in a different light? If all you think of when you see a police car or a police officer is trouble or that you're in trouble and, and all of that, this just flips that whole script, doesn't it? It actually does. Then like, the policeman is their friend. Is well, their mentor. Yep. And we the best part is a lot of police officers actually do volunteer at the POW. So when they see their the kids see them on the street and they run up to them, give them a high five, and the guy and the kid's like, Who's he? And how do you know him? He goes, Oh, he teaches bas he coaches basketball, uh, he does wrestling, he helps me with my homework. That goes a long way back to the community itself, that these kids are going back and saying, The police officers are helping me with your homework. Yeah, they help me with homework at the POW. So you're right. So you have, and, and this is an extension to me of, and it's very compatible with, I love when children are involved in sports and other extra and co-curricular activities at school. And of course, as an extension, something like this wonderful organization that's been around for generations, the Atlantic City Police Athletic League. And we're visiting with Lieutenant Will Santiago of the Atlantic City Police Department. The point about this is if you want to play basketball or you want to run track or cross country or baseball. We just could name football. You want to name all the sports. We could keep going all day. Part of being able to do that is you have to have a certain grade point average. You yes. can't be failing classes and think you might get to start the season, but when the first report cards come out, you're done. So I know this and I think you'll agree with this. There are certain students and this is not urban or suburban. This is real. That they actually pass their classes because they want to play on these sports teams that mean so much to them and maybe go on to college and be able to do that. And then just like you said, in being eligible for your programs, there's a contract with that. And that is you have to achieve, you know, passing grades, a certain grade point average and such. So these are so important in my estimation, Lieutenant, insofar as. If you fail your courses, you can't be a part of this. Nope. So it inspires you. And then in your clay, and I know coaches that do this, they make hitting the books part of the team sport. I remember a basketball coach, for example, that was legendary at this. I mean, stayed on top of every single student because you have to or you can lose someone so easily. Like, oh, my gosh, what happened? I didn't know you were failing. You didn't say anything. This way, if you're doing study hall things and you're keeping, you know, hitting the books and doing all that, this is all part of someone actually getting out of school, not failing out of school, but graduating with a diploma. Yes, absolutely. That's, That's huge. And it's very huge. And For the whole life. I mean, it, 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 it's the difference between potentially the job that you will be eligible to, to achieve. Yep. And especially the, the saying that says, you know, you got to be on time. Because what happens is we have to start teaching the, our youth 
at a younger age that there's criteria that they have to meet. A lot of my children, and I'm sorry I say my children yeah. because I'm with them on a regular yeah. basis, that they know that, that proves how much you care. <laughs> that's all that. That's all that proved. And my kids know that if they are not passing, they will not play. But it is preparing them for high school when they get into competitive, when they're actually competing for scholarships, that they're not going to lose a scholarship because they got a D or they got an F because nobody cared or nobody was on top of them. So we start not saying train. I don't want to say that word, but we tried to help them that there is homework. Do you have homework? Yes, no. Okay, if you don't have homework, go to this area here. And then they do some mentoring. We talk about what happened in their daily routine today. And if we can find something that was off, because kids come up and say somebody's picking on me or I did this or they act up, you don't get to the, I call it phase three. Phase three is going up there playing and having fun. We need to atta- uh, attack the issues at, at hand now. And these kids are young. They're young. So if we can't get to them now, imagine two or three years from now. You actually, in some cases, are the only adult role model that some of these children have, too. Unfortunately, that's something I don't like to be proud of um, in saying some of the children don't have male models. But it, but it models. shows how important it is. But it is, and that's why we have a big male mentoring program within the PAL, and because it's it helps them all. You know, it just... It just guides them in the right direction. If they need to speak to somebody, you have somebody. And they have a role model. They can look at someone and say, hey, you know what? That that guy's put together. That That is what you're supposed to be. That That's the the ideal. That's that's what, what I want to be. Meanwhile, if you don't have that positive role model, th- this is just tough love. Something's going to backfill that whole situation. Yeah. If it's not positive, then it's going to be, you know, going in the other direction, which is no good. And so that would mean it would be negative at that point. Uh, another reason why, and what do they say about like idle hands? You know, if you're not doing something productive, you could always get caught up in doing something stupid. Yes. And it's like, what, what am I doing? You know, I, I'm not, I'm not a knucklehead like this. What am I doing with this? But if you, you know, if you're either inside playing a, a, a video game, I mean, we used to go out all day until the streetlights came on. Yeah. And that was my curfew. I had to be home and we would be running. They had a sound. They had like a metal sound that they made like ding, the, the buzzing ding. Sounds. Yeah. And we're running, running, running to get home. And we knew the limits. Yeah. You know, there were, and, and here's another thing that I don't think some, uh, parents even and, and some adults understand. Children want boundaries. They want, they want supervision. You think that, that you can just be their friend and that there's no boundaries and any of this, no rules. They want structure. They even, if they act like they don't because it, it nurtures, it teaches, and and the Atlantic City Police Athletic League, you have so many examples of how you positively are a force for good in children's lives. I congratulate you for Thank that, you. Lieutenant. You and your team, Regina, but it's a everybody. Team. Like I was yeah. say, it is a team effort. We have a, a, a big team, and if it ain't without them, we cannot, a program cannot succeed. And going through that is... It's great. And that's pretty much one of the main things we talk to them on a regular basis. One mistake 
can actually hurt you for the rest of your life. There's no question. And it, we say it, it could make you ineligible to be a police officer. It can make mm-hmm. you ineligible to be a nurse. Anything, anything that would require any type of investigation of your background and scrutiny and to be qualified for that type of certificate or license, you would then be limiting the job that you can do for the rest of your life. Absolutely. So you cannot get started too early because you can lose someone at any age. Absolutely. And we've seen some children go the wrong path as early as 11, 12, 13 years old. So um, our goal is to make sure they don't find that path. And if we're in it, we'll teach them the right, the right to take the right path and actually move forward. We have no break until we close out the program at six minutes past the top of the hour. And my friend Brian Kilmeade will take over the WPG Talk Radio 95.5 uh, airwaves. Uh, I want to give you a few more minutes. I'm going to pose the question, what is the Atlantic City Police Athletic League and what do you do? What's the answer to that? Um, well, Atlantic City Police Athletic League, it, for me, it's family getting together on a regular basis. And what do I do? I am the way I feel like sometimes I'm a father figure, a brother figure, a friend that the kids can come to and talk to me about anything. And then I can help them because I was play. I took this job to help people. And it, it got put me in this position to help the youth. And that's what I want to do. We see, especially during the pandemic, when children were like locked up and and not able to go to school and uh, all these things that were going on, a number of children were lost. Uh, some areas it was um, geopolitical or or uh, socioeconomic, I meant to say, where maybe they didn't have proper uh, connectivity. Uh, and so they they were lost. They were not in the virtual classroom. It was devastating. We saw an increase in young people committing suicide and all kinds of problems. Have you noticed any of that? That was a problem. Our kids were locked up and at home, and even going to school through uh, through the computer was they were being isolated. And I I noticed that when the kids were able that to was only back. better than nothing. That was not good. No. No, and unfortunately, when we came back, I saw difference in a lot yeah. of children. I, I actually have examples, of course, we're not going to mention names, of students that thrived in the classroom that did terrible during virtual learning. And and it, it just proved, I studied the issue, it proved that there are students, and then there were students that thrived in the virtual. They could get all the work done, and they were able to uh, endure it. It was never a good situation, even for those who were able to, to keep up and do the work and get good grades. It, it wasn't ideal. They just were able to adapt. Some students need the nurturing of the teacher yes. in the classroom. It's not going to break through on a computer screen. The attention span isn't there. The desire to go to school isn't there when you're just in your pajamas or waking up and turning on a, an iPhone, an iPad, or a laptop. It just isn't the same, and we lost so many children over the past two-plus years. Absolutely. We have, our children need structure and socialism. They need to socialize. Yes. By sitting at home, watching TV, and playing on a computer for almost – I'm going to say close to two years, yeah. was very um, you, negative. You you know your business. That social-emotional component that you just spoke of, Lieutenant Santiago, was the biggest issue of youth and the pandemic. Yes. 
It was stolen from them. Yes. They had, think about it. They, in many cases, if you were a junior, you had your junior prom, your senior prom, you had your sports taken away from you. These kids, and you, you, I ask everybody that's an adult listening right now, go back, not, not what age you are now, 30, 40, 50, 60 and beyond. Go back to when you were in high school and your girlfriend or the prom or running or or playing these different sports that was your world Mm -hmm. it was the most important thing i I mean i i liked school but i loved running yeah track and cross country i loved it i was captain of the team Mm -hmm. i loved it i didn't love school but i love i loved my school but i did the work because i knew i had to do the work Mm -hmm. because to do the work that's required to then get the paycheck, which is the extra and co-curricular activities. You got to go into the mindset of, of a child, yes. not an adult where you say, oh, come on, you know, that you got the rest of your life. This is no big deal. I, I state this confidently, Lieutenant Santiago. This has messed up some kids for the rest of their life. And then, you know what? I, I believe that in a way, because believe it or not, and like you said, go back to my best years was my junior, senior year Me too. of high school was my best time. So imagine, and I imagine myself not doing nothing for two years my, after my sophomore year. I don't know where I would be, being honest, because those two years define my future, believe it, it, it or not. It, it helped you fly straight. Yeah, helped me fly straight. Because you couldn't college, mess up. No, I mean, go to college. I knew I had a path. I knew I had a goal. But you took that goal away from anybody at, at, a, at second year in high school. Yeah. And that really... Putting my my set of mind in that position, that that's really kids heartbreaking. Di- kids didn't get to graduate no. properly. It really, if you think about like all the th- we remember, I don't know what they do now because the pandemic also got in the way of it. But a great tradition. I'm a graduate of Alanxie High School. Uh, the great tradition was we graduated in Boardwalk Hall. Yeah, that was a big deal. Yeah. Cap and gown, you're in Boardwalk Hall, you're in this ante room, like, uh, I don't mean that as an anti, as a negative, but you're in this little waiting area, then they, they announce and you come out. I mean, it, it's all part of life. It's all part of growing and, and experiencing something. I still remember being in Boardwalk Hall many, many years ago. Me too. I graduated at the Boardwalk Hall. Yeah. So, um, but these kids didn't. No. And then, unfortunately, like I said, Did they get something that comes in the mail if they were lucky enough to keep up with their studies and and even get enough, you know, uh, credits or whatever they're called to um, to graduate. And it's uh, it's a big responsibility. Uh, the the role that the Atlantic City Police Athletic League plays now, this is probably one. I think it's not even debatable. It's one of the most important times in the history of your program. Yeah, and I believe so too right now because, like I said, we're getting children from all. I'm getting kids from Pleasantville asking, "Can I be part of your program? Can we do something? Can I do the Explorers? I'll drive my kids." Sometimes I'm like, "I'm sorry, I can't pick them up. I'm only limited to Atlantic City." Yeah. Oh no, I'll bring my children to you because they see the good work that we're doing that is being productive to the youth. Yeah, you know, they're going the right path. They're listening. They're understanding, and some. Adults, and I get the credit to the adults too, because if you don't bring your child to me, I can't help them. That's right. So, and we have a lot of. Do you, do you find that when I mean nothing's perfect and things happen and people misstep and, and such, but when you get a child involved in your program and they truly get integrated 
and they're used to the structure of having to be somewhere at a certain time and participating in these different programs, whether it's boxing or some of the things you do. And I think sometimes you even take kids to trips and stuff, don't you? We do trips yeah, all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I, I just love what you all do. Do you find that once someone – it's like if you if you work out in life, you – get into a routine where it's either every day or you do different muscle groups every other day or whatever you do, Nautilus or whatever it is, ride, walk, whatever, it becomes part of who you are. It becomes part of your routine. Now, if you stop your routine, you can get out of your routine Mm -hmm. as quick as you got into it, uh, and that's all part of the discipline. But do you find that for the most part when a child commits to your program, the Atlantic City Police Athletic League, that they stay with it? Yes, I seen like I said, I see a lot of my kids that um, got into the high school um, level, and I understand that they do sports. And I see when I go to high school to see them play their sports, but they always come back. They always come back. Hey, can we do this on Saturday? Can we come do this? And if and, and by the way, the sports are like an extension because that's still having children participating in structured activities. Mm-hmm with adults who are qualified. So that's that's a beautiful thing, too. Yeah, absolutely. Like what, what you don't want to see, and I'm sure you do see it from time to time, is somebody that was with you, and all of a sudden, they're not there. Mm-hmm. And then you're thinking in the back of your mind, something bad must be going on. And there's a lot, and isn't it's there? Happened. Yeah. It's happened. I yeah. mean, I've gotten phone calls from, I have kids that with me, and like you said, stop coming for a little bit. And, and I ask, find out from other officers, we saw him at this location. We saw him in that corner. And we're like, okay, can we stop by his house and make sure he's okay? Can we have a, this conversation to bring, bring him in? Because we don't want to lose our kids to the street. We want us, and if they, something happened at home that he needs to, uh, he stopped coming, we need to find out why. And at the end of the day, if we can help him, we will. And if we can't, we'll keep an eye on him because he's still family. At the end of the day, they're still family. They came through our program. We want to make sure they're okay. Um, as long as you participate at a PAL, we will always have your back. I'm a huge supporter of yours for all the the right reasons, all good reasons, because you're making such a difference in the lives of young people. And I think that's some of the most important work, most beautiful work we can ever do. And then I know what's going to happen. They they get older and you learn later. You're going to have children tell you that you saved my life mm-hmm. and things like that. It's it just it, it's 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 happening in real time. Uh, let me give you a closing comment. Anything you'd like to leave us with? Um, I want to say thank you, Harry, for letting me speak because sometimes I'm not a big advocate of announcing everything that we do. And I probably do that. I need to do that more because people need to know what we do. And a lot of times we just do it because we love it. We have the passion for it, but it doesn't get put out there what we do. And some people might have like a negative, negative um, thought about our program, but we're here for the children. Well, we're friends now, and you have all my private information. Uh, our program's been around 31 years. I, I expect that we, we don't anticipate going anywhere anytime soon. Uh, so use our platform, help educate uh, when we can help, and we'll continue uh, every year to make a grant okay. to help support your work. And let's stay close. Thank you very much. Have a wonderful day today. God Thank bless. you, Lieutenant. Thanks for all you do. And and what I love about this conversation, this is your Atlantic City Police Department, uh, how they touch the lives of youngsters in, in such a um, 
impressionable stage of their lives where it's really all on the line. Pastor Al, come on down. Uh, now, Pastor Al and I, oh my gosh, this is hard to believe because I look at us as contemporaries, but we actually go back to my childhood. And Pastor Al was involved with the Ventnor Missionary Program, and there was a fabulous gym that I, I still don't know how we got to crash it every once in a while. And it was a five slam a jam a court, which really was spectacular because even tiny people uh, were able to. Like I, I remember one time, Don P. Hurley did a "Come Fly with Me" moment uh, at uh, Pastor Al Iverson, who was a literally a Division One stud caliber basketball player. I believe basically it is true. It is true, <laughs> and I remember this is just coming to me for at least three, four, or five consecutive years, my first pick in the men's basketball league because I wanted to build my team around this Division I uh, superstar. So, Pastor Al, I guess what I'm saying is uh, we go back a long way. Uh, we do, Harry. And uh, I believe it's been uh, close to tw- uh, 45 years. I moved to Ventnor in uh, June of 1977 to begin my ministry at the Overseas Ministry Study Center. I uh, worked there eight years, and then they uh, decided to sell the complex and move to Connecticut, and uh, that's when I uh, began my ministry with the Beacon Church, uh, which my wife and I helped, uh, we founded that church back in uh, about 1980, but uh, so I guess the uh, NBA draft last night, I, oh. there was a chance I could have been in that, maybe? You, yeah, in your in your <laughs> particular era, yes, you were you were NBA caliber. Yeah. You know I always said that to you. No, you did. And I believed it. I mean, the difference between those who make it and don't is just, a lot of times, just luck. I mean, you definitely, you had the Division One skills and you had, you had, you could, you would, you would have been able to go on an NBA team and play and contribute. That's, that's how good Pastor Al was. And also, you were so modest. <laughs> I couldn't jump though, Harry. Couldn't jump. Yeah, you could shoot. But you don't get points for uh, jumping though. You only get points for shooting. You could shoot. But. You could shoot the lights out. Do you, do you ever shoot anymore? Uh, right now, I'm dealing with some arthritis in my my right fingers. Uh, that, that yeah, would that, probably, that would that would hurt. That would mess up my shot a little bit. What but. I found about shooting is that you know this old expression, "You never lose it." It's kind of extraordinary that if you don't pick up a basketball, if you played a lot in your lifetime, and then you put it down for a while, you can go out onto a court and you can just start firing it up. You don't. There's something about hand eye. I guess it's muscle memory. Like they say, you can't don't forget how to ride a bike. Uh, there's something about, and when you do it as long as you did it, and I did it in rec leagues, not never at a, at a significant level, but you have a repeatable, you know, flow that you can right. you can recreate. And there's a very good chance that you know you. I, I went to a gym just a couple years ago, and I just started firing it up. <laughs> and I, but I, I wouldn't be able to play now. But you you don't lose. It's like they say, like boxers have that punch still that's right they lose maybe the endurance to be able to yep. to do what they were able to do over 12 or in the old days 15 rounds but let's talk about uh, you you have had i believe an incredible life you you've pastored many many people uh you married a lot of people you've counseled a lot of people and a few years ago you made a decision actually to retire yes i did it was, been about was that a tough time. call it was it's still tough i, I miss working with uh our pastor, Pete Nelson, he's been with us at Beacon Church for about 30 years now, and, and the other staff, but my wife and I are still involved with uh, 
our seniors group. We, we have about 30, 40 seniors that we try to do activities with uh, at least once a month. And uh, we still have some involvement there, too. But it's just uh, uh, it's nice having the freedom to do uh, whatever I want, whenever I want. And it's just uh, it's been a good thing. But, you know, God has been so good to me when I made that move in 1977. And I did have a, a degree in physical education. And I just could not find a uh, full-time position. It's, through my, uh, my so it worked uh, out better, didn't it? Yeah, it was my sister-in-law who uh, grew up in Africa. She was a missionary child, and uh, uh, whenever they came back from Africa, her family would stay at the OMSC, and uh, she was the one that let me know that the uh, the former uh, recreation director was leaving. So that's when I was able to uh, to move into that position in uh, 1977. So it's been a good run, but uh, I've enjoyed my church ministry too. I did retire after 37 years working with. Beacon Church, and uh, I just loved uh, uh, spending time with people. I guess I'm a people person, and uh, I just love being able to. The main thing is being able to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with with people who don't know God. So usually, Pastor Al, we do this in the final minutes before I leave to go greet the golfers. Ran out of time this year. Uh, so I would ask you, if you don't mind, the golfers are out on the course, and they've been out on the course for about 45 minutes. Uh, you've always blessed our event and, and said a prayer. Uh, it's not. It's never too late to, prayer, no, to pray. That's for uh, sure. So would you – I have some follow-up stuff I want to talk yeah. to you about, but would you uh, bless our event with a prayer? Sure, I'd be happy to. God, now I want to thank you once again for providing a beautiful day weather-wise for this uh, – this golf outing, I thank thank you for the many groups that are going to benefit from the money that comes in today. I thank you for those uh, staff that have put this together and uh, worked so hard to make this happen. And uh, I just uh, pray for the rest of the day, keep the golfers safe today, and bless their lunchtime. Uh, just bless each one for participating today. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Pastor, I'll thank you for that blessing. I uh, appreciate it and you so much. We, we, uh, Harry, we, i got to share something. Yeah. I was here last Friday morning looking for this golf outing. Nobody was here. <laughs> yeah, I was in COVID hell. Uh, and what happened was our golfers all knew, of course, but yep. um, I should have remembered because you've never missed. I should have remembered to call you, but I wasn't, I wasn't feeling very well at all. But uh, we had to move to stay here, which we made a decision. We really love Frank Doherty the Doherty family and the way they've treated us here. And they do a member special Palooza on the third Friday in June that they just started. So we knew last year when we moved here that that would be the last third Friday that we would be able to do it. But it was such an easy decision because, I mean, you can, you can get hung up on, hey, we got this third Friday, we own it, you know, and all this goofy stuff. But so what? I mean, if you're where you want to be and if they want you and you want them, uh, what's a week matter? So last year we actually moved it to June 24th to the fourth Friday, and that's where it's going to stay. The irony is, as you know, you've been here every year. I don't think you've ever missed one, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and if you did, I, I can't remember it. Have you been here all 15? Probably not. Uh, close to it, though, right? Yeah, it might be close. But... I mean, it's I, one or so. So – when um, you move something and you think, wow, you know, is it going to rain for the first it's ever rained? Nope. So it's like this third Friday, like mystical and magical or, you know, is it the event? Is it just beyond? I mean, I, I, I can't believe that we've done something for 15 years. It's not arrogance. We don't have a rain date. That's no. almost stupid. We don't even have a rain date. 
and it has never rained on our event in 15 years. And one year it was 100% that it was going to rain, and a storm came, and it split in two, and it moved around us. I remember that. And our event stayed dry against every forecast uh, that was done. So I do believe that when you do good work, I do believe God blesses your your event. Hundred percent. And I'm just you know I'm I'm just faithful that way. And I I would argue with anyone that you you run through a computer the chances of doing something fifteen times on the same date and now within seven days of the same date and it never rained once. And there's a lot of rain that happens in June, so nobody has to to, to work me over. Uh, I know something's up, and I'm not complaining. Let me ask you a question about um, America today, because I'm a serious thinker and and writer, and I'm very concerned. I'm concerned about so many things, and they're not all economic. I'm concerned about the degradation of society. I'm concerned about what a violent country we've become. And look, we've had periods – the 1960s, as you know, was late 60s in particular, when Dr. King and Bobby Kennedy and before that John Kennedy and people were getting killed and it, it, Malcolm X. It was a very, very dangerous time back then. This reminds me a lot like that, the, 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 the turmoil, uh, this dour mood, lack of civility, total loss of, of normal decorum, uh, the, the breakdown of of society the breakdown in the respect for our institutions i mean when we have people outside the homes of supreme court justices and and doing all this crazy stuff this is not politics ladies and gentlemen this is this is real talk about where this country is right now and i I don't want to go biblical on you pastor al but this this starts to look like stuff i've read like end of days and stuff you're uh, you're probably right there Uh, one thing it's encouraged me to do is to uh the bible makes it real clear that we're supposed to pray for those in authority and even though i don't agree with a lot of things going on i still have to i have to honor god's word and 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 pray for those in leadership Uh, i pray for god's will to be done Uh, i agree everything uh seems to be going upside down right now and uh we just uh I believe we just need to keep praying. And, uh, you know, there's the famous verse in Second uh, Chronicles where it talks about uh, uh, being humble and, and come before God and pray. And uh, it says God's going to heal our land. And I think that's one of the big things right now. Our, our land, our country needs to, be, it needs to be healed. And I believe our country needs to, to come back to its roots, uh, roots in do you, do, now we we, we I think sometimes Pastor Al people think oh my God this has changed forever it can never be kind it can never be decent it can never be you know this or that again but we've had violent periods yes, 1860s we were were very tough president killed and very very tumultuous divisive times and slavery and you know the South and the North and great disagreement all these different things the 1960s. Uh, in particular, mid-60s to end of the 60s. Of course, 63 with Kennedy takes it all the way back to that port, part of the decade. Terrible. Very similar to what I see now. Uh, you know, streets were on fire and, you know, all kinds of terrible uh, unrest and violence. This doesn't have to be permanent. 
No, no, I don't think it is. But uh, at the what, same time, what what changes this trajectory though? Because there's no respect for leadership. There's no respect for police. Uh, in fact, this whole craziness of defund the police and flipping the script where criminals are allowed to, to steal and do all these terribly bad things. Uh, how do we undo this path that we've been on that has been so detrimental? Well, the God I believe in is the God of the impossible, and I believe that God can do anything that he wants or wants to do. And But uh, along these lines, too, ever since uh, – well, the pandemic and some of the other things that have taken place in our society. Uh, I've encouraged people to pray for a spiritual revival. Uh, I've never experienced one. I've read about spiritual revival in the past and some of the uh, powerful things that God did through uh, spiritual revival. But I believe that uh, people that claim to know God, uh, they're the ones that be behind this spiritual awakening. But you, as you know, Lord. though, there are a lot of people that want to remove God that's why this Supreme Court decision that might come down, may have even come down, it's probably going to come down today or very, very soon before the end of June yeah. with a coach who did nothing but voluntarily pray. And if yeah. anybody wanted to join, they could, but they didn't have to. I know how our – we're blessed. I know how our Supreme Court is going to rule on that. They're going to rule that he can do that. Yeah. And that's going to that's going to change the game, yeah. uh, and then of course the crazies are going to oh my god you know that 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 are so against God and any mention of God go back and read you know our founders this country was based on Judeo Christian values I mean th th this departure from all of that is what is strange not how we were or how we should be so I think that decision can be monumental. You talk about a revival. That can be monumental because people have been shut down right now. Yep. They're afraid to pray. That's right. No, I think people are just, uh, they've forgotten about God uh, altogether. I just, I think, I, I don't know if it was on your show or recently on the news, I heard about uh, how many people, I guess they've done surveys and, and how many people don't believe in God anymore. And I think that's that's a sad thing. You know, our, our country, we used to be terrible. Pretty, pretty spiritual and now now we're saying that people have just left uh, left the christian faith they left god and and i think that's the reason for some of the things that are taking place in our in our world today that, that god is just uh people don't want to include god in in anything nowadays. yeah it's just it, it's a shame pastor al cyberson at 54 minutes past the hour live from the hurley in the morning 15th annual hurley in the morning charity golf open at the linwood country club golfers are out uh we will have a wonderful lunch waiting for them when they get back uh, several hours from now. It's going to be really um, a wonderful time. Uh, I always have believed that when you break bread together, you change the relationship forever. Isn't there something to that? Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, I just wanted to say, too, to, to you, Harry, I thank, I'm thankful for you, and I'm thankful for your interest in uh, your abilities to uh, make a difference in, in our world. Uh, it was a great interview you had with the lieutenant from the uh, – Oh, the program in Lang That's City. everything that's right. But I believe one reason why God's put us on this earth is to, to make a difference. And I think you and your, your uh, golf outing and the many other things you do are, are adding to that. We, we need to make a difference in this world. Well, I'm, I'm a blessed man, and I know it, and I feel a sense of um, responsibility to try to help as many people as we can. And uh, what I've learned uh, in my 62 years, which we just turned, it's hard to believe, I can't believe that, uh, is that this is very short, the amount of time that we have. 
and I've dedicated myself to do good things because it's easy to be negative. It's easy to criticize. It's easy to be hateful. It's easy to give up. Uh, it's hard to, to do the other, uh, but I choose the, the harder path because for me, it's filled with, with riches and rewards that are beyond economic. You know, we, of course, we need enough to, to live a life, That's right. uh, but there's just so many things that are more important than, than the shallow uh, things that, that, that some people, you know, obsess upon. And we started the charity. We, we've been charitable the entire 31 years that I've been on air. If Holy Spirit needed new uniforms, we raised the money and we got it to them. We didn't need the Hurley in the Morning Charity to be registered with the IRS and with the state of New Jersey, New Jersey Charitable Registration Act. But we did all that uh, halfway into our current you know, time on air because we really wanted to hit the pedal to the metal and help as many as we could, not just raise ad hoc for sporadic things that we would hear about. We heard that Holy Spirit, for example, uh, forfeited nine points in every single track meet because they didn't have a pole vault pit. And, and that just, that was the difference between winning and losing before the meet even started. It's tough to win by nine points when you're down nine zero. It's like the, the hundred meter, uh, dash and they start and you get to start like two, two, one second later, you get smoked. So we got them the mat. And, and even if the teams didn't have pole vaulters, which sadly we always had them, but that's another thing that you see at meets now. People don't have pole vaulters, but if you don't have the mat, even if the other team doesn't have pole vaulters, they get the nine points. You forfeit it. So we got them the mat. So we did all that kind of ad hoc stuff. Then we said, you know what? We got to do this thing, you, you know, for real. We got to get really organized and registered and, and do it right. And this 15 year run has been unbelievable. It's been, been a, one of the joys inanimate wise of my lifetime. So we try to make a difference. I think all of us should try to do that. And what you learn is that it all goes so quickly. Sure does. It's just amazing. I mean, you think about, like, I remember being a student and being at the overseas, the vendor overseas missionary. Yeah. And that's like almost 50 years ago. That's insane. It is. No, it's like 45, I think. Yeah. I figured out it was about 45 years ago. Uh, one of my regrets about leaving that ministry there was that when I, I kind of watched them knock the whole place down, and I wish I would have grabbed one of the uh, backboards and oh. the rim. That would have been a great uh, keepsake. That would have been great. Uh, memories of uh, all the great times we had in there. It was, it was a lot of fun. I got to. You know, that was a challenge in there because the ceiling was low. It was. So I know the way you shoot, and you know the way I shot. You had yeah. to shoot differently yeah. inside the mish. You had to shoot more of a line drive. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, it was always fun to be able to dunk the ball, <laughs> even small people. That's uh, right. So yeah. it was it was it was definitely a lot of fun. What yeah. do you think? I'm a believer that past is prologue. So. We had a very tumultuous, uh, racist, even horrific mid-late 1960s. And the country got much better. Why don't we learn? Because it's, it's, it's there if we, if we choose to, to see what happened that we went from all the violence, Kent State, all the violence that we saw during civil rights amendment time and all of that. How did we get it? back on track only to lose it again but what did we do 
to turn that page because right now this it's 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 like a, a three alarm fire that that you're just calling in mutual aid from every surrounding community because this thing is a wildfire that's out of control how do we switch it up how do we get back what we were can we do it i believe we can do it but uh I grew up in the late, uh, I was in high school in the late 60s. I went to community college in New York where I grew up. And uh, I remember protests taking place on my college campus after the Kent State incident. But uh, there was that whole uh, the Vietnam War uh, was a big issue back then, too. But you know, my, uh, my advice would be to we need to get back to God. That's. That's plain and simple to me. And to convey that to the rest of the country or the world, that's another whole uh, uh, can of worms as well. By the way, I learned something earlier this hour uh, from two people, uh, both impeccable sources. There's a three-alarm fire right now on the boardwalk in Atlantic City, and uh, I'm not going to be able to report on it because I have just other things I have to attend to. This is normally an article that I would have already written in the past half hour, but that's happening right now in real time. So it's a um, it's a massive fire. Be guided accordingly uh, on the boardwalk in Atlantic City in real time. The fifteen hundred block, um, and I don't have uh, the exact street, but I'll I'll try to get it before we we sign off in about uh, eight nine minutes from now. But I do know this: past his prologue, Shakespeare is correct, Antonio, and all that. If we were in a very bad place multiple times throughout history and we could get it back on track we can do it again i believe we can it's possible i'm a little concerned this time because this one seems unleashed in a way that almost looks like how do you call it back um and there's just so much hatred uh it's 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 palpable it's it's the the it's it's visceral the the the, the negativity and hatred uh, and it's it's just it's it's a cancer on our society. Oh, I agree. <clears throat> I agree. We have some major major issues right now. And uh, again, I believe that God can do the impossible. And uh, uh, my prayer too is that He would step in and do what has to be done. But uh, but does God count on us to do the right thing? It's not. It's not just God taking care of it. God yeah. wants us to well, take care he of it. Wants us involved. Yeah. And if we're not participating, no. he's not going to, you know, he'll drive the bus. But, you know, he's he's, you know, he's going to expect us to uh, to do our part. And if we don't, uh, at some point, he's going to take all this from us. That's right. Uh, before I go, I wanted to share one thing that I'll never forget. Uh, as I, when I leave here, my wife and I are going to take our two grandkids to Ocean City for for the day. My, uh, their dad is playing today, Dave Housel former surf baseball player. He's playing in the golf tournament here today. I remember him. Remember him? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I owe it to uh, Mario Prucci. He was the one that uh, chose Dave to play for the surf. And, Super Mario to you. Yeah, I benefited by it. But I'll never forget going to Ocean City years ago. And I remember seeing you, and it was probably your oldest daughter, down on the boardwalk in Ocean City, just mm -hmm. the two of you. And it just it blessed me to think that that you were able to, uh, that you had an interest in spending some individual time with, was it Kristen? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I, I'll tell you, everybody that knows me, uh, one of the greatest decisions I ever made, I made it basically to the top. I had the job that I spent 10 years trying to get 
and I was in like the top 10 in the whole company. I ran the entire hotel division. I was 30 years old. And if I was a single person, I was in my dream job for a lifetime. This, this path never would have happened. The greatest decision I ever made was quitting something inanimately that I loved. I loved doing it and I was good at it and I loved it. And I loved helping customers and I loved building our team. I loved my job. I loved working for Steve Wynn, for Murph Griffin, for Donald Trump. I mean, it was incredible the opportunity that I was given at such a young age. The greatest, but I made a decision that I was going to be a stranger to my wife and my children. I've got to leave. I have to do this. Yep. It's the best decision I ever made. That's awesome. And and that was something that when I was a slave to that job, I couldn't I couldn't do that. I was letting my children down because somebody would call and I'd have to go and you're breaking the heart of a little child. It, that was something I was able to do because I made the biggest decision ever. We're down to 20 seconds. Quick closing comment. Well, it's tough to keep it to 20 seconds, but uh, I just want to say that I'm thankful for our friendship all these years. Me too. I've enjoyed getting to know your uh, your family, your wife's. Uh, uh, you picked a good one there. She's oh, so my gosh. Sweet. 41 years this October 17th. How about that, Pastor? That's amazing. I know. I'm yeah. blessed, and yeah. I know it. Yeah. All right, we've got thank to go. You. Thank you for being my friend. Pastor Al. Uh, Ariel, thank you for thank you. Uh, always being here for me. Michael Rubel's out on the course. Joe Kelly's out on the course. Chris Coleman, thank you. My esteemed program director, Roy, thank you. Our chief engineer, here is Brian Kilmeade. Have a great rest of the day. 95.5 FM and 1450 AM WPTG Atlantic City. WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station.